I can't even, I don't even know where to start. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> welcome to another conversation in the uh, the Dissect Podcast studio. And we are a team of three again today, or a group of three, or a gaggle of folk. I don't know. That's geese, right? A gaggle yeah. of geese? The geese. collective. Geese. Can we? Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Michael drops the... <laughs> drop. That's not even grammar knowledge. That's just like word knowledge. The only thing that I'm really good with is collective nouns as uh, as it refers to the supernatural beings. How about transient nerve dysfunction in ischemic <laughs> tissue? How you are you with that? <laughs> okay, we got that out of the way. Um, Berkey is with us. Michael is with us. And I am with us. We are all for one, one for all. <laughs> three fucking dudes with microphones. And it's the middle of the day on Sunday. Um, and and we were having a conversation offline first, and I demanded that we immediately adjourn to the podcast studio when Berkey was describing a situation with a client who shall remain nameless. I don't even know the person, but uh, uh, who was a little bit nervous about doing um, s- multiple reps of squats, high reps. I don't know how many, but it doesn't really matter. Um, he was nervous because he thought he was going to hurt his back, to which Berkey... <clears throat> masterful trainer and psychological <laughs> manipulator that he is said to this individual in question, you're not strong enough to hurt yourself. It was an accident. Uh, outside voice accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't take it back but... because it was also true. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny how the things we're afraid of are generally speaking not the ones we should be afraid of. Yes. Um, and often we use those things which are uh, the in- inappropriate um, subjects of our fear um, to keep us from having to <coughs> address what we should actually be afraid of that that you know thing within which we don't really want to confront i don't want to get too bulky we're worried about the monster outside when the monster is already inside kind of deal damn (laughs) well the reason the only reason who let that monster in (laughs) i did i made that monster as a matter of fact that is the answer yes (laughs) frankensteined that motherfucker um the this comes well i've been watching a lot of documentaries lately uh, I don't know why. Because um, fiction is too close to reality right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need unreality, so I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. No, the um, but I, I that's not what I conclude as a documentary. Just so we're clear, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was gonna I was gonna say, damn, that, yeah. yeah, I guess. But that I am was gonna start of... saying that. Just like get into intellectual circles and be like, oh, I was watching this documentary, The uh, Real Lives of. Uh, Real Housewives on, of on the effect of wealth in Southern. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> describe it as something that it's not. Like, uh, you know, it, it really described, it, it showcased um, multiculturalism below the Mason Dixon line. Uh, I think you might know the show. Class consciousness. It's, yeah, it, it's called uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> 
So I, anyway, I, I was watching it. You recommended one the other day. What was the name of it? I can't. That's kind of the hard part with, with yeah, there's Netflix too many. I don't it's, see the name. Anyway, it was about, it was an interview with a white supremacist or whatever. Um, it, it was super fascinating. Like just to watch cognitive dissonance in real time. In action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like. And and it's confrontation. And confrontation, too. yeah, yeah. Or seeing people that are known as aggressively we, confrontational just r- recede in the most harmless of circumstances. Like you were well, you were approached with your belief in front of maybe a hundred and twenty five pound uh, Muslim one, woman who's exceedingly pleasant, polite. Yeah, yeah, and polite, and just absolutely using all the terms that you use in front of your friends and joke about. And then when you're on your own to just watch your spine disappear. (laughs) And it's like, I I, like, (laughs) that's the part that I really enjoyed about it. What I got from it last night and, um, which I kind of, this is kind of a weird thought. I was like, there is no such thing as racism. There's only such thing as insecurity. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, you don't hate that person. You hate yourself or you hate the fact that you don't have a life that you can appreciate. So you need to like find something else to attack. And this is where, but as it pertains to our previous conversation, you won't take responsibility for that. You're trying to place responsibility outside of yourself. Exactly. So the, the enemy is outside the walls in insecure people. And, So I can pull this full circle so I'm not rambling too much. My idea that, uh, like, I hear people, um, obviously there's a lot of uh, talk and chatter about the dangers of whatever you want to. It could be the Second Amendment. It could be whatever Mm -hmm. hot-button topic you have. And when you run the numbers, though, um, your own actions will kill you before something else does. Like, if we're going to talk about... (laughs) things that are actually affecting people negatively. Like, yeah, it's super scary to have your kid in a school where somebody lone gunman might come in. That's the thing that's easy to focus on. Yet I have type two diabetes and so does my child that goes to that school. That I'm passing on to my child. Right, and my behavior, that is gonna kill your kid way before a lone gunman would. Oh, but I need to focus on something outside that I can't actually change as opposed to, because it's it's just way, because that sense of futility just, it's so comforting. It's like a nice blanket I wrap around myself, like knowing that I can shout as much as I want, vote however I want, nothing will change. And that's way easier than changing my own fucking diabetes. And and then- I mean, changing my behavior so that- <laughs> so that my, Excuse well, me. So uh-huh. is that the thing? Because diabetes and like, you can just run the numbers to see um, the metabolic effects of whatever obesity. We'll just call it obesity because it runs in other things, heart, heart disease right. and metabolic disorders. But uh, so the, the dangers of that. Um, but you see the gross you see weight the, limits. You see the natural reaction is to still blame. Like I blame the sugar industry for lying. I blame the dairy industry. I blame um, the government sanctioned diet that I was supposed to I do. I blame the food for being too fast, too convenient, and too, too cheap. delicious. Right. Oh, and too delicious. Too Sorry. That's yeah. way too delicious. How could, this is irresponsible deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that, that, okay, we're again like the enemies oh, outside our own walls. God, dude. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to have to like time out here. So <laughs> delicious irresponsibility? Yeah. See, now I, I can't, I, I got a budget, okay? So irresponsibly delicious. <laughs> dot me. Oh, yeah, dot me, yes. I am <laughs> irresponsibly, I'm irresponsible. I'm, uh, or, so, or irresponsible deliciousness. 
or delicious irresponsibility. Irresponsibly delicious. Irresponsibly delicious. Hard vote. On Hard, that. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay irresponsibly. It was yeah. the first one that naturally came out. I say well, we just go for that. Yeah. Okay. Like I'll just sign off for a second. While you're <laughs> it's got some. Well, yeah. the funny part is well, not to not to get romantic, but in relationships, <laughs> the grand gesture is easy. The grind day to day is hard. So, like, it, it's easy to do the thing to be a warrior for whatever. Christ, Christ. It's <laughs> it's hard to wake up in the morning and be a good parent, and to not lose your temper, and to do all this other stuff. The the day to day, humans are really good at a lot of con, like self control for a small moment, and then a lot of back slapping for it. They're really good at a, a moment of strength and a lot of cheering. When you were describing um, the doctor-client conversation <laughs> ab- about the guy said, yeah, congratulations, you've won a prize. You've, you, you have diabetes. Yeah. Like, and, and how are you going to handle it? I just think that is the more appropriate conversation to have with someone yeah. as opposed to, uh, oh my God, you have this thing. It's a disease. It happened to you like you got bit by a mosquito. You're not responsible. Uh, we can fix this with certain, you know, drug interventions. You can keep doing exactly what you want to do and like push the date of your demise out a little bit further, but you are going to have some anal seepage because of the um, uh, side effects of these right. pa- very powerful drugs and your liver might actually have some problems later too. You but, might lose your foot. But, but it's and, the easy you, thing to do in the moment. Yeah, it's, right. but, it's, but it's easy right now just to agree to take these pills yeah. and as opposed to like, okay, have a hard conversation despite the, ba- the Google reviews you are going to right. get about your poor bedside manner <laughs> as a doctor. Yeah. But you will actually change people if you're willing to have the hard conversation whereas if you're not willing, then... Uh, then it just gets the. Then you are a cog in the machine perpetuating the problem. I think a big well it is comes to the blame thing again. Um, I don't know when we were supposed to be under the impression that this was like an instruction manual of life, and that has that perception of like, well, the doctors told me this, like. It is an industry. You live in a country where capitalism is the most important philosophy at this point. Therefore, you have to kind of guide yourself through this world under the guise of like, is that person trying to sell me something? It's no different just because it's a medical establishment. There's a fucking billboard on the freeway like advertising the wait time at an ER. I don't know (laughs) the last time that I broke my arm and was like, oh, that one's better. Or like I don't know the last time that I needed to actually go to an emergency room, and I I'll oh, drive I five minutes to the one that says it's seven <laughs> minutes faster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, at what point? Like, no, this is a the, everything is marketing and business, and if you don't take that with with medical advice too, you're just being naive. And that, this is the same thing. Like the whole term of death and taxes, the two things that you have to confront, kind of deal. No one teaches you how to do taxes. Unless you specifically figure out how to do like, I don't, I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe like three months ago, I learned about taxes or whatever. (laughs) Like, I still don't know a lot about it, but it's one of those things you have to contend with. And, and it's, it's set up in, in the same paradigm that health and fitness is or, or, you know, 
medical advice is like th- there's charlatans out there and they're going to try to lead you astray and they're going to try to sell you on something. I just don't know at what point humans thought that that went away when it came to concerns of health. So the one excuse for a lot of these metabolic disorders and a lot of these positions that people find them in is like no one ever told me. And you're like, that is not a guarantee in this life. You have to seek out information. Like I'll be the first to admit I am a fucking idiot if I didn't have Google. Yeah. 100 I am completely on the bottom spectrum of probably like what somebody is able to know. But Google saves me because I'm able to ask questions and kind of, you know, filter through all the bullshit as well. And no and at one least, sees the questions. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, no <laughs> one is willing to just ask the questions because we're entitled to think that it should just be front, face, and center. Like, cynicism <laughs> is a survival trait. <laughs> and, and understanding that, like, well, we, we get into this too for just asking questions of others. And we talked about this the other day with the mentorship is asking for help by presenting yourself as useful to the person who you are asking. Asking for help is being like, hey, help me. Why should the person listen? <laughs> that That's a really useless offer. It's like, oh, uh, I'll pay you. It's like someone else will pay me. Mm. Someone who might be more interesting, someone who might be a better project, someone who might have come to me with, you know, a little more thought, or they might say, hey, this is what I can offer your project or your program or Mm -hmm. you in the future, if only you can help me get from here to here. It's, It's viewing your situation from across the table. So if I'm getting medical advice, I'm staring at the doctor being like, is he pushing? Does he get a kickback from these drugs? Does he get this? Where's this information coming from? Uh, hey, buy my protein. It <laughs> just so happens that this is the best protein made and it's 100% renewable and they give free shoes to people in Africa. It's 100% philanthropic. And wave powered. And wind powered, yeah. <laughs> Buy my thing. Because no, no, you will be wind powering things if you <laughs> get the gurgly intestinal problems that will come from taking my protein. One hundred percent fermented milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we, We've taken the ass taste out of it, though. So we 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 joke about it at, at let's bring it back to fitness. Uh, we we joke about it at the gym because people would tell me that my job is to hurt people. And the response is, no, I talk to them. And then they hurt themselves. (laughs) And the only way that what we do... (laughs) Selfharmgym.com. The the only thing that we can do, my only currency is the fact that the person believes me. Hmm. Or else they're not going to do it. It's wildly uncomfortable. Homework, it's shitty to look at yourself and to look at your diet and to realize that like, oh... I'm in this position because I didn't care about myself. Like, that's not fun. And so the only thing I can do is talk to someone. I th- I, this sounds way too much like helping people. Like, I, I, <laughs> you're going to leave. You're going to walk it's out. It's making me really uncomfortable <laughs> to, like, to imagine like people come to you and they ask for advice and then their life is better because yes. they go through this series of whatever. Not Not to say that I did anything. It was just like... That makes me uncomfortable for some reason because yeah. I don't like people that much. Yeah. Why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so with, with the um, advertising, 
it, it turns into being like, what am I willing? Like, so the only thing I can be effective with is my word. Mm. If someone believes me that what I, that what I'm telling them is worthwhile. And so then if I also say, buy this protein powder, but that person has to be worthwhile. Then right? like uh, there is. So what here. happens when you, uh, what, well, if you also well, say, if, well, as I all, if I also say buy this protein powder, there's either the person who goes, Oh, well, that must know, be the, that answer. must be the answer. Or there's the person who goes, Oh, now I am a, you know, now I'm just a source of money. But you always were. <laughs> it was only your self delusion that well, made you think you were not a copper top or a consumer. <laughs> and the, 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 the difference I feel is that I, I actually like what I do. Um, and I like oh, what yeah. I do because of the people that I work with. So maybe the, the, the image of how this works is wrong in my head. Cause right. I know it doesn't work like this. <laughs> like, People come in and they get this great advice and then they change their life. And I feel like a philanthropist or I feel like, you know, a saint of some sorts. That's not what it is. I feel like this, uh, if I could imagine, uh, and we don't do this very often anymore because we don't have necessarily an open to public gym or right. even a gym. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine our gym scenario, like that scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. So when he has his dad's book and he's looking through all these like clues to get through to get to the cup of life or whatever. And there's a moment where there's um, like a checkered like floor. And if yeah. you step, it breaks through. Yeah. And he asks like, well, you're supposed to, you know, the name of God, right. which uh, classically is Jehovah. But in Hebrew, it starts with an I. Right. Here's where I'm going with this. I thought it started with a Y. <laughs> no, that's Yahweh. And okay. that would be the son of God. <laughs> this, yeah. So, there, but there's this issue where, like, okay, he did all this work to get to this place, and you have the answers on this other side of the thing, but you still have to know to get to that thing. So, my interaction with people, I feel like there's a test that's there that makes me understand that they're worthy of having this situation. Not that this is the cup of life or anything, but it is a situation that you can improve somebody's life with. Like these tasks that we put in front of people change people's lives inherently for the better. Mm. In most cases, in my case, it's probably made me worse, <laughs> but in some people that are good hearted and don't just, uh, knee jerk to nihilism, I think it can make their life better. <laughs> that, that's how I imagine the scenario. So when you describe it and you're talking to a client, I think a lot of people think that this is a normal business, but I think we choose our business much like I would put somebody through some crazy fucking test well, to yeah, get a, and a to, weird goblet. To be fair, like <laughs> this is a terrible business model. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Um, the, and because of, if you're actually interested in helping someone, mm -hmm. then you're essentially if you're helping yourself along the way, which you have to in order to keep lights on, mm -hmm. there's uh, what was it? Casino. The guy who helps you steal is always going to steal a little more for himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're giving You've you already money. identified that he's a thief. Yeah. They, they're, <laughs> they're giving me money for advice. Yeah. They're buying protein powder from someone. Mm. It I, might sh as well I should just, yeah, they might as well be me. And then they're buying t-shirts from someone. It might as well be me. And they're buying and shoes from someone yeah. and they might as well buy shoes from me too. And you know, the markups on product is way better than my hourly rate. And so maybe then I should start. Well, before right. you know it, you don't have a gym, you have a dick sporting good. Well, and, and the thing is, is the people who, what's the markup on advice? <laughs> the, 
the people. I mean, on average, you... like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> it, you, you you hamstring yourself from being able to help someone because they now know that you will help them only in so far as your wallet gets fatter. Yeah, I think from now on, I'm gonna like sell people. I'm like, I'm gonna tell you this at Jobber. Like, I'm gonna mark <laughs> off twenty five percent. It's only this much an hour. <laughs> Giving you cost on my advice. That's, that's no overhead. Noble. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a which is a shoe that I also carry. Noble. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I got this uh, turtleneck crop top <laughs> with a hood and no sleeves. <laughs> there, there's I, this is a it's a, it's always a weird position because a lot of people take it that I'm anti-business or I'm anti like cap. I'm 100 percent not. Oh yeah. Um, I just think there's a, a very large difference in selling something that's valuable and and um, and extrapolating off of something that's valuable. The different, like being a third party to value. Like right. so, somebody. The difference is, I'm a salesman for shoes. You are fucking doing nothing. You're just handing somebody a box. The person who made the thing um, doesn't have the time to market it. So you're that. You're that. That's as helpful as your cog is. Right. Right. You're you're just a third party to a transaction that nowadays could happen without you because we have the internet. And so what I try to do, the only thing that I am for is business that's established off of value. Like I am adding something to this. This is a valuable thing that I do. It helps people. I am the only person that can do it in the way that I do it. Right. Like an art of some sort. Yeah. I I feel like I just have to clarify that. Oh yeah. Let me interrupt Berkey. Please. Because the one reason that I never could fully invest myself in um, the mountain climbing equipment business that I had (laughs) was because I was only a middleman. I was Mm. buying the product from the manufacturer and then reselling it to retail stores. Mm. I was the middleman and, and, and not adding value to the, to the product yet increasing the cost of that product. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, and, and I, and I realized what bullshit it was and therefore would never fully invest invest myself. And that's why I ran that business into the ground. (laughs) Um, I mean, it started pretty deep in the ground. I just <laughs> fucking just, deeper, but um, you're an absolutist. But, but this, but the idea of charging more for something that you, as the representative, have not increased the value of. It's just, I, I mean, I get it. It's you know, everybody's got to make a living, but for fuck's well, sake. And but but the only reason. Uh, well, everybody has to have a job. Everybody has to make a living. It is the wrong premise right. because it sets up the incorrect environment, which is entitlement to a living. <laughs> like it, it entitled because you're alive, you have yeah. to yes. now sustain that, and that's just preemptive well, of the fact that your parents fucked irresponsibly not, and had you, and now you are entitled to a job or entitled to money without skill or and, value. And my my view on the you're entitled to a job is not just you're entitled to a job you're what you're actually saying is everyone else is needs to support you in your endeavor right so whatever that you know oh like i i have a gym therefore everyone should come because i should succeed because i am an american (laughs) and i deserve victory i just want i I just want to be somebody where i don't know where this would happen some sort of call center where i could interview people and then i would like to see a resume that was like you know job 
job qualifications. It's like my parents fucked and I need a job now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, give, me, give me the thing. How else am I not going to die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I we're guess, talking about. I guess not everybody gets victory. Yeah. No. And, and like I have other businesses Mm-hmm. Um, the way I look which at support the which support the gym. Well, actually, I'm lucky enough that the gym supports itself now. Finally, yeah, yeah. I, uh, how long I, did it take? It's been ten years. <laughs> it wasn't overnight. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just roll up the garage door that and paint gym here and on pe- the driveway and showing up and just yeah, just throwing me money. No, you know what? Actually, the best business model for that is like you roll up the garage door. People see it's a gym, throw money at you as they drive <laughs> by, and you just collect it. They don't actually yeah. come in and work out or yeah. anything. They're oh no, like, I worked wow, at one of those. A, too. That's a Planet Fitness. <laughs> I worked model, at right? one of those. <laughs> I worked at one of those too. Except they to can't support my actual gym. They th- yeah. they throw the they throw the form that they fill out that has your bank account information so that they don't have to drive back by again because right. that would be inconvenient. Oh, th- yeah, that's so you could true. monthly charge them, right? Like a right. monthly pay for the well, fact that you and, exist. And so that when it, when it comes to product endorsement, the question is, is do I want to train people or do I want to sell product? I have yes. a different business where I sell product. Right. So I don't need to bring that into to, my... To clutter gym. that relation. Or the, yeah. The, yeah. To, well, uh, yeah. Cl- well, clutter? Taint? Taint. I, Ouch. <laughs> I guess I, I have a, a long history of distrust of commerce. <laughs> I, you're the only one in this room. <laughs> actually. Uh, we too also have a product. I, I won't even mention on this thing because, A, I, I don't want to convolute the two. Like the, but it is a very different thing. Like We offer a service that's valuable. We offer a product that sells that's valuable. Um, we come at them in totally different right. ways. Um, one is like, you know, A, what can we charge for this thing that um, we can continue to make this thing so it makes it worth our time? Right. Um, and what can we get away with? Like there is that fine, like there is business decisions being made where we're trying to extrapolate as much value as possible out of the thing that we made. Cause extract. It's extract, sorry. Extract. Yeah. Extrapolate. Yeah. <laughs> And that, I think that's rarely talked about. Has like, but if you always come at it from the same, like, oh, we're trying to make money, we're trying to make as much money as possible, it's really hard to do good work. Yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And that, especially in a business of information exchange, mm-hmm. when you start also adding in opinion based on mm-hmm. this is a product that, you know, even if it's wholly something you believe in. Uh, having looked at margins from the other businesses that I have, it's I know roughly if you're charging me $90 for sneakers, I can guess what you bought them for. Oh, yeah. And so now there's a part of my brain that will take everything you tell me and be like, what is this person's angle? And then reduce the truthfulness of what they're saying by, by the, the amount margin. of the margin <laughs> that, they're, exactly. that, they're, that they're earning. Yeah. And so... Perfect. You're 40%... Yeah. Off right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's and that's how I offer a markdown on our on my advice. <laughs> on your <Yeah>. advice. <laughs> Wholesale. Wholesale. And Wholesale advice. By now. The the idea is is that like there's there's no way I I can't do this work for other people. I can ask them to be uncomfortable. I can ask them uncomfortable questions. 
uh, and they have to be willing to do it. And the reason why they are willing to do it when they are willing to do it is because they believe in me. They believe that I have their best interest in mind. And to say, hey, you were going to buy those shoes anyway. You should give me half the money and I'll get you the shoes. I'll just pocket 50% of what you're spending. That will erode that relationship. And it will, mm. I can run a gym where people come in, buy shoes, buy t-shirts, buy everything. And after a year and a half, go fuck that place mm. and leave. And someone else comes in the door and I can run that cycle. Right. That's a churn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fine. Um, I could also fucking go get a job anywhere and go in every day and not care about it. Berkey, you're unhirable. Utterly. <laughs> you ask too many questions. Utterly unhirable. <laughs> I don't know. I would hire you, but then again, I don't hire anybody. Yeah. That's a weird well, thing. you're a shitty businessman. So. <laughs> it's true. And unemployed. And I, you're not hiring me to be unemployed with you. <laughs> I can't even employ myself. I'm that bad. Um, the, I just ask too many questions of myself. I can't, I, I can't work for myself well, anymore. So, uh, people have a terrible perception of worth, too. Right. I think, and th- that's really hard to, to deal with. with. With people that throw, like, um, uh, this is the price points on things is just psychological and it, it's just psychological according to our current culture and where you live and the economics of your small microcosm kind of deal that this becomes hard to, to deal with because when you're talking about like, what's an hour of your time worth? Like, fuck, that's invaluable if it's good advice, right? Right. Like that can change somebody's life. And if we look at it in the same regard as to not that we are as qualified, although I've been disappointed with every psychologist I've ever talked to, if we like, okay, they're like in the hundreds of dollars an hour yeah. or a doctor is in the thousands of dollars an hour because it's subsidized by insurance companies and all sorts of fucking fake inflation things. And also there's with those charges, um, you know, they're going to, it's just like any, you know, how much would you expect to pay? Because yeah. they're going to charge you this and the insurance company is going to, you know, pat themselves on the back and, and seek your cheering <laughs> by noting on the invoice how much of a discount they negoti- the insurance company negotiated from this physician who overcharged, that was going to overcharge the fuck out of you. But happily, we're here. We are Select Health. We are. <laughs> yeah. have your best interests in mind. Therefore, we negotiated this discount on your behalf, and now your end is this. Also, we don't have to take malpractice insurance. True. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff that yeah. we don't Psychological have to. damage is not covered. Yes. Well, so let's talk about from the just from the gym perspective because there's gyms that charge 250 bucks a month or something. That's a car payment, that's a utility, right. that's like a that's a for most people earning, you know, the average wage, whatever the fuck it is. That's my stoli nut per month. <laughs> exactly. That's, which is in its in a, in a way, that's therapy. So that's your therapy session. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, hell yeah. And I don't have to actually talk to anyone else. And over the course of a year, people paying this make no progress whatsoever. Right. And and then on the other side of that, my, my cousin who lives across the street from me is not a trainer, is not, he's a mathematician. He, um, a friend of his, but he really likes training and he's, hyper intelligent about it like he figures things out himself he just felt bad for his friend and so for free he takes him to a five dollar a month gym like vasa or one of these things and he inspires him to do better with his life and over the course of a year this kid has changed tremendously like mm-hmm. he's gotten stronger he's gotten more fit he's more bodily aware he, and he uses now the gym as a as a thing that a tool that it should be used for and so there's two different price points here. I think the other one is like 
imp- like priceless. Like mm-hmm. to have somebody guide you through a process and inspire a life change is what we're trying to aim for in most circumstances. And it should have an endpoint because if it doesn't, you're not growing in the right manner. Like the, the, there is a there's a due date, there's an end date, there's an expiration towards what this experience can facilitate for you. And that's the hardest thing to sell because I'm selling you on going somewhere else. But that's where I think like the I think that's the goodwill in this is like right. if I do my job right, you'll be out of here probably in a year to a year and a half. Yeah, hopefully sooner because fuck you. But. <laughs> Then, then on the other hand, you have just people trying to extrapolate as much money as possible. Like, oh, let's like extract, extract. Again. God damn it! Yeah, it's gonna. We'll get it right soon. <laughs> one day, it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's one of those things. But it's got more syllables, so it's a better word. <laughs> it does. It's a more expensive word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cost. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very fancy with with my words. Apparently, just use them incorrectly. Um, <laughs> which Transfe- transient nerve dysfunction and <laughs> so there's there's this idea that that really bothers me especially when talking about turning what we do into a business because i think like you if i can make it sustainable so it can just kind of support itself and then i can find a way to make an income that's you know will make my life easier that's what i would prefer to do that is the i don't know why that i have this stupid (laughs) i mean it's a pointless integrity it really is like i made it up myself or i learned it from somebody that i respected (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know why it's there like i can't decide like why i get so angry when people try to make these uh these interactions or relationships uh, a monetary thing like or or try to like um extract (laughs) a a hyper percentage of of income off of this thing i I don't know why that is but i know that that's a deep-seated feeling for me um and it's why i always get angry at the world and yell nihilism yeah that's the second time that word has been used during this podcast. I feel uh, the oh. gravitational pull of nihilism. <laughs> Always. So, that, uh, Always. I am, I'm consciously driving us there because there's a story behind this. I just want to say nihilist Arby's. No. So best, good. Best it Twitter so good. account ever. It's, it is, it's almost as good as Kiker Kardashian. Yeah, like Kim yes. Kiker Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. Kim or Kiker whatever Kardashian. that one was. Kardashian. It is amazing. Yeah. I, I, that would be the only reason for me to go back to Twitter. Yeah. It would be nihilist Arby's. See if it still exists. <laughs> it is. It's there. Really? Yeah, I follow it. Okay. And, and that's why I look at uh, uh, Fried Rice Nietzsche. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> that one's another one. Fried rice Nietzsche. That one's really good too. I believe it. Uh, there's a couple. Or is Most it Nietzsche are, fried rice? Nietzsche. It might be Nietzsche fried rice. <laughs> well, I don't know. That one just flows off the tongue. Better, <laughs> yeah, better for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Burn, you know, the way my brain works. But I, it does. So there's this. Thing. We talk about this as like in. Um, I get really mad because some of my favorite, I would call quote unquote intellectuals or philosophers deny nihilism like they they kind of look at it like it's a negative thing all right let's all right let's just get it out there right now before we go down this hole because not everyone um you know mostly the the people who have a positive outlook on life and have had that outlook on life for their entire lives have no idea what nihilism is or means fair enough um, let that, me let me let me look it up in oh. the dictionary on my phone. So there, there's just different, <laughs> it's 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 evolved over the course of a couple hundred years. Okay, uh, but there is like it, it has its semblance in Buddhism a thousand years ago called sunyata, which is nothing. The, like the appreciation of nothing, nothing matters. Um, this is taken as a pessimistic view of the world, which means um, there is no essentially there is no purpose. 
but I see it as there is no God-given purpose or there is no universal purpose to living. We are an accident and we should make the most of it, which is kind of the optimistic thing about me. Like I, we're lucky. Like we're here. Like I, I look at here, it. Like I'm a virus. <laughs> I'm going to try and take over as much shit as possible. So, and in my own personal interpretation, I see nihilism as it doesn't matter because you don't matter. Therefore, make the best of it kind of deal. Like, and if something bad happens, ah, well, it doesn't matter. The positive aspects of nihilistic thinking? I like this. Wow. (laughs) There's nothing that matters. Therefore, you decide what matters. Yes. And that's what gives your life meaning. Exactly. You you decide your own purpose. Yeah. Which which is the most powerful form of purpose as opposed to, um, man, I read this book written by goat herders (laughs) and I'm supposed to act a certain way that completely contradicts what our society does today. And if I break these totally arbitrary rules like wearing two different kinds of cloth then i'm a bad person or i'm this i'm not referring to anything specific (laughs) okay was i'm I'm sorry because being a failed unitarian uh, i'm not conversant with some of this stuff Mm -hmm. that's a thing there's a problem wearing two different yeah that's two different yeah it's in the original um old testament yeah two different fabrics is punishable by death so we could just go on a spree. It's the same because <laughs> everyone is guilty. Well, well, and this comes down to the thing, like, like I mean, that must not have been. It didn't make it the ten. No, right? everybody's with like the That's no homosexuals be. thing. But there's a lot of weird ones in there that are like, eh, you're not doing that either. There, there's a really good book called <laughs> way, Living Biblically, which right. is fucking hilarious. I, where this guy because it ends with nihilism. <laughs> yeah, well, because he makes his or wife leave the apartment yeah. on her period. Because that's one of the old rules is like during menstruation, the women need to live, leave the village because it's unclean. No one's paying attention to that. Everybody just saying no fags. But that, like, <laughs> that's, that's, there's a ton of rules. Anyway, they're, yeah. they're arbitrary and they're stupid. And like, I think any kind of just. Is, is this explained? Like, so, so is it just the, 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 the leakage of bodily fluids that's unclean? Which is true. Like, could like <laughs> if you cut your finger, mm-hmm. I mean that this is it's all different. Pr- this is this yeah, is all no. before the hiv. So right, right. yeah, there was we're no not, germ theory. We're or, not so yeah. so worried about you know that kind of thing. But it's like, well, just because the blood is coming from one place and not another place, it's bad blood. Yeah, because you're like, female, and in the Bible, the female well, is under the male. Well, and. I mean, in well, that's why they call it missionary, right? Oh, <laughs> slow <laughs> pitch, man. Had to hit it. Sorry. <laughs> the, the, again, this actually. Oh, excuse me for the innuendo. <laughs> to swing back into uh, <laughs> the <laughs> to reach back. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just keep keep with the, keep with the slow pitches, big ball. And uh, um, I can... if if you look at something like that from across the table from the author if you're willing to be, uh, to believe that it was not the actual word of god mm-hmm. many of those rules are very useful from a controlling you know from running a, a society point of view sure and it's way easier to say that this is down from on high than trying to explain yourself uh, correct and, and this is one of the things that i will excuse like excuse the use of those rules because something like the um, 
the dietary, the old Old Testament right. dietary rules, like avoiding shellfish, avoiding pork. Yeah, in that day, they didn't know why they were deadly, but they were in fact deadly because they didn't understand microbes. They didn't understand parasites. They didn't understand all these microscopic things that took people's lives. So the rules got based around like best practices. Like, right. hey, if we just stay away from shellfish, nobody dies from eating shellfish. Like that's an okay rule. But now that we understand it, essentially it's like uh, Hanurabi came up with the same thing arbitrary rules like right. a slave's uh a slave is worth seven shekels or whatever right. the thing is and you're like well should we still keep that that's essentially the same thing <laughs> yeah. to me like the worth of a class society right is as worthless as old testament rules right um in which case not to like stay on that subject long enough that I, what i'm getting to is there's no such thing as moral objectivism right there it changes with the culture as it should <laughs> so Oh, I, I w- if you were going to say something relevant, please do, because <laughs> well, I was just about to say, hey, what about five by five? Well, that's actually <laughs> I'm reeling it right back because Excellent. the story that we were about to talk mm-hmm. about, um, speaking of best practices, mm-hmm. was uh, three and a half years ago. I'll say 2014. 2014. Trying to yeah. trying to come together and think about if we could do a how-to squat video. (laughs) I think it got proposed, uh, (laughs) hey, guys, we need a how-to-squat video for the website, for the the old Jim Jones site. And us going, man, we're really good at teaching. We could do this really easily. Yeah, we could do a better one than is out there. Um, and so our, we, our first mistake, <laughs> hubris. <laughs> uh, so yes. we started to talk about best practices, mm-hmm. about how to teach something as simple as lowering your body, but as complicated as lowering, as, as, lowering, as, your, body. as lowering your body. Yeah. And Oh, I five or six hours later, mm. it was just we're walking. To Still some no place. video made. No video <laughs> made. There's yeah. lots of notes. There yeah. was and walking to a place with alcohol. Right. I think it started with like, okay, uh, and Mark had his notebook out because the idea was that well, let's go through the steps. I will perform the squat. And as we film this video, Mark will kind of voice over be right. roll like this is, you know. Um, th- these are the steps. And it started with, okay, what's first? Hips back. And I was like, well, it depends well, on who you are. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And then, and then it be, that led to an entire obsession that I had for the next couple months of figuring out where that cue hips back came from, which, yeah. w- which uh, originated in the 80s with, power, uh, with powerlifting. And when they first developed the suit, you actually put your hips back to put tension on the canvas suit. Right. That's where that's where the cue. From, it, it started with a canvas suit and ended with a fucking wall squat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, the, Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with this an is eye. this becomes really interesting because we do like, and then the knees out thing, like right. all these cues. What we finally decided, I think, and we're in agreement about this. Oh, we haven't talked about it for four and a half years, but the the idea is that oh shit, coaching is a reactive. It's Practice. a discussion. Yeah. And, and it's a, it is a, it's only pertinent to the person you are talking to. You No, you, the, the, the person you are interacting with. Yes. Talking, it's not, coaching is not a declaration. Right. Right. So there can be, um, you know, no sort of 
yeah, we can make a, a video showing some showing someone doing it properly, mm-hmm. but then all of the individual ways that people do it improperly um, cannot be addressed in that video because right. you would have to ex- have examples of every possible body type, temperament type, mm-hmm. you know, physical condition. Uh, intellectual condition, et cetera, in order to say that, yeah, this person needs to have their knees out, but this person better fucking put their knees in or well, their spine's going to come out. Right. You know, this, this has led to an interesting discussion that I see happening in larger fields is uh, stages of learning. And so in, in education, we have kindergarten, we have middle school, whatever. We have the process. Um, in we, we talked, well, you guys talked a while ago about leveling the playing field and eliminating that. Uh, and the sense uh, that we have kindergartners talking to doctorate. We have people who are using the same words but with different levels of experience. And so when I am talking to someone who has never consciously tried to squat, I'm going to have – I'm going to say a bunch of things to them that are not true but useful. Um, with the intent that you will correct that language later. Later. Yeah. That – you know, a little kid needs to not cross the street. Right. Period. But if they're 25 and still not crossing the street, they're going <laughs> to have is problems. Problem. Um, the, That's called a shut-in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. Um, but the idea that um, discussions, intellectual discussions are had at multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, when I worked in the restaurant business, uh, we would always talk about the idea of be nice to your server because they're another human being who is at work. You're out, you know, you're at lunch. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of different tables. You're one of a million things they're paying attention to. Cut them a little slack. Uh, they're, you know, you're enjoying a meal. Be a reasonable human. Mm-hmm. If you can't manage that level of understanding and empathy with another human, be nice to them because they're alone with your food. Yeah, yeah. For for your own health. I'm <laughs> sorry. That's where I go first. I didn't get that's, the whole thing that they're actually, you know, actually having worked in the restaurant. But but my shift was different. Yeah, I I was ten at night to five in the morning. <laughs> totally different demographic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, uh, <laughs> I, I will put cocaine in your hamburger, <laughs> motherfucker. Not going to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I want good behavior. I am willing to accept it for not very good reasons. Yes. And so provide a different, provide whatever reasoning, use Is, whatever language, if you can get that behavior so you can actually um, inspire, stimulate, whatever, cause the trainee or the client to um, uh, uh, see the task in a particular way. We, we ended last time on hard work is the given. And then we build on that. Yeah. There are some people who hard work is not yet a given. And so we have to convince them that hard work is a given. And it's again, it's like, okay, do it because if you don't, you're going to get kicked out. Hmm. Like, or do it because. Do it because it's fucking wow. And you've been, you've been getting by without for so long that that's what, that's how you arrived in this condition. So why don't we, why don't you, you (laughs) try doing something a little bit different than what you are accustomed to because what you are accustomed to and how you have behaved got you has to where you are. got you into this conversation that we happen to be having right now. Right. And now I didn't come looking for you. <laughs> you, you came decided, to me. You came looking for me. You decided 
at some point that some change in your behavior was appropriate. So come to this conversation with an open mind about changing your fucking behavior as opposed to trying to avoid the hard work or whatever it is right. that you know, started this, you know, <laughs> that, that brought you to the realization. Yeah, I, I think that the, um, I'm going to use a bad word, the evolution of a learning process right. is, is one of the most important parts. Like, but because of the internet, I think one of the bad side effects of it is you have white belts that have spray painted their belt black it, because they have certain keywords or buzzwords that they're able to um, give the impression that they can have a discussion at a different level. Like goes, the, people are worried about proprioception and they're worried about post-activated muscle potentiation when they haven't figured out how to work hard. Or I, I would say, goes, goes, <laughs> oh, Jesus, that you just opened. I, grab my ankles because um, <laughs> I'm headed. But I was going to like circle back to a, a podcast, which I don't even know if we've posted yet or it might be behind the thing, but it's a, the expertise without experience. It's like, yeah, you got the knowledge. Yes. You went on the internet and you learned all of these, these lessons and these words, but, but without internalizing them by way of practice to actually change the meaning, the individual meaning of those lessons for yourself. And if to come back to the story about us making a squat video, oh right, the the end result of that, no one ever saw, except unless you interacted with us personally. You saw, it, it, hopefully, like that whole experience, which was frustrating and maddening, was just like learning anything. Yeah, it was. I think I have an idea of what this is going to be. Okay, this thing that I thought I had an idea was different. Okay, this thing that is different is impossible. Okay, this thing that is impossible just taught me this lesson that will change the way I interact with people for the rest of my life. Yet, no video was ever made. <laughs> and what ended was, ah, fuck it, nihilism. Like, nothing matters, really. Like, that, that, that's essentially, that's where that term came from when we say that everything ends in nihilism. Everything, at, like, at the end points, it doesn't matter about squatting because you're going to fucking die from an asteroid <laughs> impact. Like, you know. <laughs> you're going to die from not brushing your fucking teeth. <laughs> yeah, from gingivitis. <laughs> and, or, you know, whatever. The telling, is gingivitis fatal? Well, it's, 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 it's also telling that, our, as far as in the weeds go, our discussion of basic human movement led to believing in absolutely nothing right. and that nothing is worthwhile. <laughs> right. But what, what it spoke to more to me essentially was that absent the dialogue of uh, working with someone, advice is useless. It's, it's when we talk about training, we're giving direction. Um, and if somebody asks for tells me where they want to go, but they don't even know where they're standing. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and if I need to, if someone expects me to talk to... Wait, 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 educate them <laughs> about where they're standing. Yeah. You, <laughs> questions are more important. Asking questions. Training, to me, has always been... Uh, <laughs> running into more trading one answer for a million more questions if i figure one thing out it just shows me how far there's left to go uh yes <laughs> horizons <laughs> of just like oh shit oh, there's wait. another mountain like Congrats. i made it up the foothill well so and what this video was supposed to be which is like what is what is the most useful 
uh, general practice for most people. And this is where it comes, this will, this will correlate to the ah, nihilism thing is, is most philosophers that um, I would even agree know what they're talking about. They are still trying to uh, attenuate the best practice for most people. Right. And I'm trying to attenuate the best practice for the most useful people. Well, and more than that, I'm trying to attenuate the best practice for the person standing in front of me. I was going to say proximity right. is, a, is, is an issue. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And that's where I think that, that philosophical discussion comes. Like, I think nihilism is absolutely a useful practice because it removes the um, what most people adorn their life with, which is like uh, magical, whimsical thinking. Like... This is like, oh, yeah, there is a purpose because we're all stardust and everything is connected and blah, 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 blah. And I uh, that might work for some people, which case that would be the best philosophical practice, whether you want to call it pantheism or whatever. If it's useful, great. <clears throat> if that's useful, you're probably not useful yourself. <laughs> Is that too strong? <laughs> no, that's just an individual belief, and I'll, I'll not sure. the beliefs held by this podcast. <laughs> right. Well, but if I find or somebody whatever, that if a podcast could believe in anything, I think nihilism is a blank slate. I think it's like okay, you have removed all of the useless chitter chatter that has um, preceded our whole human existence, and you've gotten rid of everything because nothing matters now you are able to build a life where something matters based off of your own personal experience and that's where i see <laughs> nihilism is equal to a squat video like <laughs> you, you have decided that this one thing it doesn't matter but learning it might help me appreciate why it matters did i lose you no no okay <laughs> I, no, no you, flo you floored us okay yeah. different okay I just want to make sure because sometimes I lose myself. Well, <laughs> if anybody's lost, it's me. <laughs> Usefulness in process. Yes. Um, which, but go, pointless point in universal <laughs> aspect. Like, absolutely yeah, pointless. In well, the cosmic well, realm. Welcome to the gym. Right. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the cosmos, <laughs> completely fucking not worth your time. Right. But, given the perspective that you're human and you're lucky enough to be born or unlucky enough, depending on how you look at it. Um, if you're an anti-natalist, like <laughs> the process of doing this will give you actually uh, cosmic relevance. Dot com. <laughs> I just had to make fun of that because, I'll, and, and then I'll just drop one in 30. We'll One of the <laughs> 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 drop that in there. The well. odds. Yeah. Okay. Inside joke, innuendo. Oh, fuck check, us. Check. Jeez. Check. Uh, check. <sighs> inside jokes. I, uh, the, well, eventually, people will catch up. I think. Uh, like. No, no, no. I, I'm just referring to the one bad yeah. review that we have. I still haven't looked at it because that's how much I give a shit. But I, <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just referring to almost every moment of my daily existence. You know, to to see if I pass the test of this. Individuals' you know, criticism, this, exactly. <laughs> I, I like criticism. Like I, I'm, I'm. A the criticism was helpful in the fact that he identified that we are not a fitness podcast, which identified that we are what about successful five five? in what we wanted to do. Like yeah. we we wanted to succeed in having conversations that were so general in topic that they're applicable universally to more than just the yeah person. 
who wants to improve their squat without a video because I'm sorry we didn't finish the video either. The video failed. (laughs) But because it's interesting, like I think it's important that things are universal in practice. Like whether you are practicing, uh, like the lessons that I've learned through, and maybe you can comment on this as well, is like the lessons I've learned through uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just in the past couple months are universal to life. Like uh, one that comes off the top of my head is... um, the the act of um, relaxing, like mm-hmm. the relaxing, so you can actually apply tension. Because if you are all tension all the time, there is you're just one thing, and and that I think that that comes back to the undulation of effort, like the undulation of effort in life. If I'm Wait, just the, constantly the interval structure yeah. of life, right, right. <laughs> it's just if you only do one thing in one one speed the whole time, like you you will burn out. Or you won't notice the difference in the in the finesse of life. Like where, man, I should work really hard right now. Uh, actually, this is not working. I need to relax and conserve energy and go fucking hike. Wait, and I need something. to work really hard on sleeping right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fucking crush this sleeping workout. So, so the generalities we find in in okay, it's just a dumb martial art that I probably will never use. Um, other than to highlight some aspects of training yeah. or highlight some aspects of philosophy. Yeah. It's useful. I am a shitty athlete. Yeah. Like sure. I am not going to do anything worthwhile fitness wise. Right. I have accepted this. Right. Michael, and don't agree with him. <laughs> uh, no, 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 Tell him he's a unique snowflake. Come on. Come on, man. You're a he star. Listen to me anymore. My, my, <laughs> my the Olympics are just 2024 20, <laughs> is right around the corner. And, and my, my goal then is to use these things to better understand mm-hmm. and to potentially help other people better understand and as far as that goes for like life affirmation is it pisses me off when i see people who don't do that mm. for some reason and therefore i've arranged these uh, the ability to have these discussions with people i've arranged a business where i can have hard discussions with people without feeling that if I lose this client, I'm maybe I'm not going to feed myself. Mm. And therefore like I can have these conversations from a place of honesty where it's like, no, if you do that, if you don't do this, then like we don't have to continue this relationship. Uh, I can provide a, I've organized a way to provide a level of discussion that I find fulfilling for me. Um, that I think what I'm gathering is 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 a uh, th- those conversations and then the actions that uh, come from those conversations and fuel future conversations um, uh, are are irrelevant from the means. The fact that the gym is the means that you use and exercise is the means that you use is sort of irrelevant to the discussion of these universal ideas and lessons. Um, and, and maybe it goes back to what we said before, is that like, ah, fitness is an easy means it, to, 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 to get people to um, sort, sort of confront themselves. But, but the fitness part of it isn't the meaningful part. It's the conversations, it's the questions and answers, and it's the answers that lead to more questions. Absolutely. The, the fitness aspect of it is because I'm apparently not good enough at anything else than talking to people. And therefore, the gym is a way where people will come to me and be willing to be uncomfortable and have these discussions and to basically employ uh, taking some fucking criticism once in a while 
because nothing makes you feel better about criticism than being like, fix this one thing, and now you can do something you've never been able to do before. Uh, and that's, because you listen to another human. You paid attention to something. That's a really good lesson. And I think for the longest time, I thought my inability was a curse. Like my physical genetic inability was a curse. Mm -hmm. in, in reality, it is probably the only thing that makes anything that I say relevant to anybody. It, it, in the case of like when I meet a genetic freak, they're always impressive. And I'm always like smacked in the face by the... Um, absolute idea that they're probably an idiot and they never ask questions and they just yes sir no thank you sir head down do the work because everything is taken care of in that sequence like the person we talk about this kind of often as the example but the, there's a guy that i met a couple of years ago um, he had been training for two years he back squat 405 pounds his very first time ever trying and i was like oh cool fuck you like <laughs> His second time was 450, and within a year, he had a 650-pound back squat. And within another year, he had a 550-pound front squat. The guy was a genetic freak. Now, at all that, like, man, what could I do with that? Nothing, because three years later, he's not doing any of it. He got bored of it. He, got, it became, he became too hurt by just doing the same thing that he was good at. He is no longer doing any activity whatsoever last time I talked to him. And this is somebody that went zero to 60 above anything that I would ever be able to do. And yet he couldn't answer a very simple question if somebody asked him some advice on squatting. Because who could relate to that? He's just like, oh, just squat. Because when I did it, I lifted a lot of weight. <laughs> Excuse me. Hips back. <laughs> <laughs> Hips back. Uh, and th that gave me the perspective of like, oh, actually being shitty at things makes you a better consultant for figuring things out. Like the, the person that can squat ma impressive amounts of weight, everybody will be the first to go to them right off the bat. Like, oh, that guy squats 500 pounds. He must have intimate knowledge and secrets on how to do this. He, he probably has a secret program I could get off him. He probably has really good cueing. And when reality, that person knows nothing about why they were able to do something. Like they are too genetically gifted for their own good. When the person you take that spent 10 years trying to get a 400 pound back squat, that person knows a fuck ton about problems. They know how to answer almost everything about a back squat because they've had to figure it out the, the hard way. No one will ever respect like, oh, it's a 400 pound back squat. It's nothing. Right. Tons of people have that. But the hardship, that, the effort that went into attaining it was watching somebody from the poorest circumstances go to the most elite circumstances in financial uh, life. Like I want to talk to how a person made that. That's why those are um, like exemplary examples from people who come from poverty and make their way out. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's genetic freak. They had a voice and now they're a singer. But a lot of the times they hit the wall so many times that they figure out how to hit the wall. And then they figure out how to break that wall down. And that, that's what I think that is um, kind of an example of. There's, there's danger in moving into another interesting topic about failure. <laughs> Do we need an alarm bell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The use of failure hmm. uh, and understanding, you know, there's the Silicon Valley, you know, you get more startup money if you can show a dozen failures because the idea is, is you know which mistakes not to make now. Um, oh, that's part of the whole fail faster thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It failed, fail, uh, accelerate failure. Exce oh, ooh. Yes. Yeah. And then pivot. 
<laughs> well, the, the the solution to every five syllable word is a two syllable word. <laughs> generally, the 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 idea of if it's not going to work, find out as cheaply as possible and move on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, but also our failures are m- lose their value. Well, <laughs> when I succeed, it's harder to have a um, post-event breakdown and understand what went right and what went wrong because the message I get was good enough. And, unless you have a good coach. Well, I was or also a mentor. The, yeah. the, da- the dangerous part of the subject is like how we kind of covered before is identifying whether it's quitting or it's failure. Yeah. And if I just say, oh, I'll get rewarded for failure, I'm just going to fail faster. Yeah. Which it, that term in itself doesn't show what the act, like it's a corollary to a good result, but you're not actually identifying the result that's well, good. We, we had this discussion uh, back to fitness about <laughs> failure needing to be personal and painful mm-hmm. and heartfelt to be useful. And so you need to know, like in, in many of these instances, you need to push yourself to the point of failure to find out where you're going to fail. Otherwise or, you're just acting out Otherwise failure. you're performing yeah. failure. Yeah. Or, as a, or as a coach, you know, you, you need to, uh, in order to orchestrate that for yes. someone, it, the, 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 the value has to be, you know, almost arbitrarily increased. Yeah. In, in a sense of mm. of the you know the, the the value that you place on the outcome of this thing, and then orchestrating it appropriately so that they get close, but they still do fail, right. and then it's just a horrible, horrible, <laughs> and terrible thing. And you better be good with like picking up the pieces, <sighs> and because if you, it's easy to orchestrate failure. Yes, yes, it's easy to orchestrate failure. It's hard to orchestrate meaningful failure. Yes, and when you orchestrate a meaningful failure at that moment, there is a lot of information. And the thing is, is if someone, like you said, if someone learns that they get rewarded for a failure, they will perform a failure worthy of an award. Right. And the, it's, it's the most frustrating thing because we, we talk, I've talked to someone about running a business and it's your job to try and kill the thing you love. And that's how you run a successful business Yeah, is you learn all the ways that it wants to die, that it wants to be a bad business there was a discussion adam savage's podcast he talked about um uh he was quoting someone else and there was a director saying that your movie wants to be bad everything involved in this it wants to be terrible and your job is to prevent it and the the question back to uh the tom Sachs: this won't if it fails it won't be because of me yeah to look at you know, from, from a, a teaching point of view, to look at a student and to try and understand why is this, per, how is this person going to get derailed? And how can I prepare them for that struggle? Hmm. Um, and again, how can I orchestrate this derailment in a relatively safe, safe. yet a um, visually uh, uh, risky circumstances or whatever it, it, that, that that, that allows that person to, 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 to learn and then in, in the controlled circumstances to avoid that derailment in real life. A burned hand of, teaches best. Really well. A severed <laughs> hand sticks around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> a severed hand is permanent. And so you want to... You're talking about going back to the Hanarabi rules, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you, you? You want to... You, you want... Yeah, punishment is a strong word, but you want a 
memorable event. Consequence. A consequence, but one that is ret- that someone can return from. They can and B, recover. Yeah. Can, they can bring back the lesson uh, that they received because of the consequence. It has to be a recoverable injury. Yes. Or yes. An injury they can recover from. Um, yeah. You early discussions from forever ago get brought up in every assessment with one of my clients and it was the idea of the alpine climber and the fact that 99% of a pull up in our gym rounds down that is an important little bit Um, you fell off and died good enough is occasionally fatal (laughs) and so like what did you do it's like oh that was all you know I did six pull ups and it's like no like you did zero and that's fine just say we cannot do a pull-up yet and we will work towards doing a pull-up right Mm -hmm. if you lower your standard because it makes you feel good in the moment it will put you uh in a you can put yourself in a dangerous place after because you now have a false idea of what you are capable of and the and hopefully the rubber meets the road (laughs) sooner or later and you um and you you learn the truth yeah. of that lesson I, I would, in, a, in a way that I can't orchestrate in the gym because if <laughs> if and, and and possibly I'll take responsibility it's my failure for not having taught you you know appropriately or enforced um, accurate self awareness or whatever right. but you know I, I think every now and then people need to go out and get their hands burnt yeah both of them well, <laughs> and maybe a little like girl mark on the face and I, I would probably say that 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 is what um, skyrocketed philosophy and and that's why we're kind of at a standstill like there's nothing really being developed that's new in philosophical thought for the past hundred years like people argue yeah there's been Bertrand Russell and some others that have been influential but for the most part I think it's really hard to develop philosophy without a hard physical consequence and when you look at the you know let's say from the Greek uh, to all the way up until the you know germanic explosion of philosophy you're looking at people who led hard lives therefore the burnt hand is a severed hand because (laughs) your consequence for getting something wrong more than 100 years ago was generally fatal um and i i think with that lack of consequence it's really hard to develop that that's why people tend to superimpose this idea of like catastrophic consequences even though they're not real like that that documentary was really interesting with the uh the first uh, I think it was the uh, NSM group guy. Mm-hmm. When you hear him talking, he's just talking about going to battle. And you're like, dude, you bought a tiki torch from Home Depot. You have like a plastic shield with a thing that you printed out from Alpha Graphics with a, a fucking swastika on it. This, this is not war. This is a um, something that you can feel as a consequence. Fucking LARPing. It's, yeah, it's, it's a for sure LARPing. And, and, I mean, just on a side note, this is kind of a wormhole, so stop me. I have a hard time. Go ahead. I have, I have a hard Let's time. see how bad it's going to be. Well, I have a hard time understanding why um, you want a uh, white national America and you use the symbol of a, a, a swastika when... We went to war with, like, I, I just, I, 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 I see the contradiction is obvious to me. I don't see why it's not obvious to them. Yeah. And also the National Socialist thing, because I think most people that pretend to be hard lining, like white supremacists or whatever, are specifically against socialism. <laughs> but, 
just my two take like just a couple <laughs> notes that i'm very confused about because if you're somebody gonna somebody send him an email uh, yeah well, well somebody just you know I, I know they don't listen to reason because uh, first of all skin color is a terrible selector of character like <laughs> it, it just is like I, I don't i don't disagree with creating like small groups that are inherently um different from other people but if I was going to pick skin color, that, that doesn't determine, like, obviously it doesn't determine intelligence. <laughs> if you watch that documentary, you're not selecting for even physical capability. You're not selecting, you're selecting for, you know, inbred privileged entitlement is what you're really selecting for. Like, uh, yeah, but you can build a fence around that and then yeah, keep it somewhere generally in the Idaho panhandle and um, <laughs> and then and, and just out of the way and unseen and, and like oh, I don't have to change that because I don't have to fucking see it all the time True. and you guys are just gonna like be inbreeding behind the fence so <laughs> and you know, eventually it'll yeah. you'll go out uh, so I think I mean even if you pick from economic status this this was an interesting point and a lot of people uh, why well, uh, the the skin color thing is interesting as a as a as a big national topic um, but the economy state is probably more important because when they, when they do studies of figuring like where, like what's the differentiator between people having uh, loyalty to certain subgroups, they'll find that economy, uh, economic status always overrules racial status. So in the group of two, like a rich white man and a rich black man and a poor black man and a poor white man, the rich will always bond before the races do over circumstances that are detrimental to their survival and that's because there's something more in common with your economic status than there actually is with skin color just a weird side note. anyway <laughs> black hole over. back to five by five <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but, uh, their apparent uh, necessity for gaining strength especially in your uh, squat <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like when we're talking we're, we're talking about selecting for things this inherently does have like when we're selecting God, this is a terrible segue <laughs> selecting yeah, I, for like, gym membership based <laughs> off of economic status and skin color I that was the last that's the last thing I would like to be selected for what you want to you want to join my gym can you pay yeah <laughs> exactly You're that, in. again that's a a, a a way better indicator of what would be uh, useful for my business. Fuck yeah! I mean, if just you can pay, I want you know. Well, because if you pay, it means that you've taken into account that you need to make a living, and you've made enough excess that now you can take care of yourself in a proactive, positive manner. Viva la rich! <laughs> <laughs> so we run. Let's see, we run or have run gyms for the one percent. Fuck yeah! Uh, well, we're always talking about kind of. Upper middle class problems. Oh yeah, no, uh, one hunt. Fuck, <laughs> that that's got to be banned too. Yeah, I catch myself saying it too much now. But yes, I agree wholeheartedly. These are <laughs> these are are pr wholehearted, one hundred percent, same fucking thing. God I, damn it! Um, what, you can't whole hundred percent. We're at least talking like one over one. I don't. We could say it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, so. and it'll still be the same thing <laughs> that we are three over three, basically <laughs> talking about. Um, problems that most people don't have i'm lost for words because <laughs> because <laughs> a it, what i said opened up like 
17 different rabbit holes in front of you. You can't decide which <laughs> to go down. I get that. I apologize. Let me see if I can narrow it down a little bit. Five by five back squats. Yeah. What's the best percentage and what are the best knee wraps? And what's good? What's good? <laughs> what's good? What's For, good? Well, how much rest? Uh, I'll say, well, two minutes is the... Is the standard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's a pretty quick workout. Is that all I need? Why are they so long? It takes me like a fucking hour to squat five by five. Not that I've done it in a long time, but it does take me an unusually long time. I think I take, I take the two minutes rest that's on Jupiter or whatever. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. See, I think part of your problem is that you think five by five means five squats with five seconds down, five seconds up, (laughs) like kind of tempo, but longer. Well, that's just uh, speaking of social culture consequences. Well, who's the person that referred to the the purple-haired five by five? I'm Wait, unfamiliar what? with this. This is so, there was a comedian somewhere that referred to um, the social uh, culture, uh, like the 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 new um, identifier for the person that is probably outraged at something in the world as a purple-haired five by five. And I, I fucking thought that was the greatest gender neutral insult to any person that lives in America that is outraged by something. I, I'm lost on the, I mean, I'm not that smart sometimes, but I'm lost five on the- Five foot by five, five foot. foot. Holy fuck. Oh, oh yeah. Hair. And purple hair. Outraged for sure. Outraged. Piercings? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. The, Decoration. Trying to decorate the, decorate pin, the, the wideness. Pinhole purple haired five by five. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a, I, <laughs> not that that needs any more joking about because it's a joke in itself. But anyway, I have no idea how to say this. Uh, I, I, I was going to say what we need to do is talk about some, you know, thinking man's fitness stuff. <laughs> this is where thinking men think. They think about how to make fun of uh, overweight, outraged people. <laughs> and people who won't, you know, use their real names in convert. You know. <laughs> Cisgender awesome nine seven nine. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> at Gmail or what is that? Yeah. <laughs> or is that just a Facebook handle? Like, I, I have tough no, one to look up because there are so many. But uh, it could be. I, I, I the, the the fact that we're arguing about we're not even arguing we're making statements about fitness um, is interesting given the the natural climate. But again, is. like yeah, the fact that the ninety nine percent don't you know, engage in any kind of fitness related (laughs) type of activities. And so therefore we're uh, talking about a really small group of fucking wagons in a pretty small circle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which means we're just bitching at nobody, but yeah. um, Self-improvement is masturbation. If I recall correctly. (laughs) And I try to think, but, um, but actually if that were the case, there would be a lot of self-improved people out there. That is, <laughs> masturbation is not self-improvement. I just wish oh, self-immolation shit. was masturbation. Auto. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Name of a very great book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, as opposed to, I don't think that I'm trying to improve as a person necessarily. Um, I am trying to burn this whole thing down, whatever this body is. Dude, I, I, and then the result is sometimes. I saw a can of lighter fluid out in the cupboard out there <laughs> yeah. for, you know, burning T-shirts or something. Yeah. Tokens, tokens, representative of something. <laughs> I would rather do the real thing and feel not like is a, the physical light myself on fire, but the internal um, light myself on fire. And that, that's what it's always felt like to me to do uh, physical efforts is 
I'm hurting myself in order to figure out what I'm worth. And I guess that's a, a really bizarre thing because it has some self-harm implications in there. Um, and you have to get away from those. And you, I can identify them in other people, i.e. Aaron can hurt herself yeah. and you have to like stop her from doing that too much. Um, but I think that's what led to this this whole conversation, this whole philosophy when we're talking about, it, it really talked about kind of cutting ourselves apart and lighting ourselves on fire to understand what we're made of. And maybe that's the missing thing that I think like, or uh, that's not what so I we think. have chosen a particular activity by, um, by or through which we perhaps gain relatively accurate self-knowledge. Yeah. Well, I, I and I, I I'm, so, the, again, so if the quest is self-knowledge, and I mean, Walter Bernardi talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit and because he's a climber. So climbing was the way that he, you know, that was the tool that he used, you know, yeah, go up on some face by yourself in the winter and spend a few days up there alone <laughs> and getting scared and taking huge risks and maybe ultimately accomplishing um, a totally useless task of getting to the top and then getting back down and blah, blah, blah. All the shit that goes along with it is a, is a, it is an access point to or access means to self-knowledge and the fact that you know fitness is sort of the down here in the valley urban equivalent to whatever he was doing is it should be fucking obvious to people i think i i came to fitness through wilderness survival and through the idea Mm -hmm. of i'm going to make a bow and i'm going to make an arrow out of a stone and i'm going to i need to be able to pull it (laughs) like well and and again i'm going to do something the hard way because I feel like it will be more valuable to understand the process of acquiring these things than to simply go out and acquire it. But I think I think I, I'm I am i going to back burner your yeah. thing there. Um, but but I, I think that the you know the, you're you're correct, Michael, in the, in the idea that okay, we've developed a sort of philosophy around training for ourselves. You know, a, a philosophy for ourselves around training, and part of that is is self knowledge. I mean, that that's that that's ultimately what we're trying to do, and what we're trying to help other people um, use fitness for. Whereas. Um, I'd say the 99% would come to, you know, any kind of fitness and dietary changes or behavioral changes that they're trying to make are, are not with the um, intent to learn more about who they are and what they might be able to accomplish in this life or how they might live and the relationship they can have. You know, it's, it's not self-knowledge, it's self-appearance that is that is the motivating piece and where we struggle and the fact that you know we had to have other jobs to subsidize our business um is because there are very few clients that are coming in and saying i would like to use fitness as my access point to self-knowledge it's the photographer who gets asked what camera they're using you know the fitness aspect the philosophy the thought process the understanding is what we are going for the actions that we use are the fucking camera and i have a camera that i like i am willing to to believe that that's because i like it and that's because i know a little bit about how to use it and that that is the tool i use to create the final product and when people just want to talk about the fucking camera I get really tired. Really As opposed fast. to the things that bookend that, which are intent and final yeah. outcome or yeah. product. And the obsession and, and hardship. is hardship. Well, oh. And I think yeah. we need, like, uh, I think we need these 
especially in in the in the case of a camera, we need these kind of arbitrary constructs in order to um, have a human experience. When when kind of not to, and I'm not glorifying the past because I'm 100% appreciative of antibiotics and all of the things that come with an advanced society, but there is something that is lost in that progression. And I think the, that loss is very evident in most people who don't experience hardship and can never develop their own identity out of how they deal with hardship. When before, exploring was part of, like, what do you get as uh, a 1400 Spaniard sailing across the ocean? Is it glory? Is it that? Like, no, Scurvy. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, unless it was, you know, if it was on Christopher Columbus's boat, actually scurvy was almost taken care of because he believed right. a very um, not well-known scientist who articulated the fact that citrus fruit fruits might take scurvy away. So he loaded his boat full of citrus fruits or whatever. Um, Is that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like he was one of the first, Christopher <laughs> Columbus, before it was known, just took the advice of some unknown scientist who thought it was related to a lack of citrus fruits. And so he, he basically had no scurvy problems on his, anyway. Uh, the, <laughs> the idea though, that like, what are you, what were humans getting from um, that explosion of like exploring the world? Well, they were they were figuring something else. They, they didn't know they'd be uh, written about. They didn't know that there was glory involved other than to their own family name they or their genetics. They didn't know that they were going to get in a war yeah, <laughs> as soon as they <laughs> put their their boats on the beach. Right, and it's really easy from our perspective to be like, oh, yeah, they landed and just decimated a culture. But in their in their viewpoint, like, what was the hardship there? What was, Like, their human experience, What it was developing something that made them continue on this path of hardship. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, okay, they're shitty and they totally genocidal fucks. But... <laughs> But beyond that, like that was the human experience for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years was people like seeking out hardship, even though our internal like mechanism to evolution is to seek comfort and to deal with like, what what is the difference there? Why were people traveling the world when it's easier to sit in one place unless you're forced to do that? There has to be some positive human experience that makes it worth it. And that's what like. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to go on a bike ride. Like I really don't need to do that. I choose to do it because, not the experience in the moment. That fucking sucks. Like being caught in a headwind two hours away from your fucking, you know, comfort, and you don't want to be there anymore. And you lack the fitness and you lack the everything that there. There's something after that that I really appreciate. Uh, it, it develops me into a different person for some reason, and I, I don't want to do it. Like I don't want to agree to those terms. I don't want to go, oh, it's hot out and the wind is blowing. I'm going to put my shoes on anyway because it's super enjoyable and it feels so good to just be out in nature. That is not, it's not enjoyable to me at all. It's fucking terrible, but the result is something. And I want to say that it is related somehow to what has happened previously in, in human history. In just a micro, I'm not comparing it. Like I'm not sailing the fucking ocean. I'm not doing anything super dangerous. And I don't like think I'm some kind of explorer, but I am trying to get something that has happened before to humans. (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't have the answer. It's it's like a really a question. I I was just going to say, what, what was the question? (laughs) It's like that whole thing was the question. Shit. Yeah. And I, I know it's helpful enough that 
um, I've shared it with some people and they have found it helpful enough that that is uh, now that's my career. Somehow. But the idea well, of putting yourself in a situation that you may not be equal to in order with the explicit desire or out, outcome being to learn more about yourself. Mm. Not normal. Utterly selfish as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. insofar as our business is concerned, to encourage other people to do such because those are the people that are most interesting and useful in my life. Back to nihilism, if nothing <laughs> fucking matters, right. then I want other people who are willing to hurt for the thing that they know they made up. You know, mm -hmm. the idea that mm, this is potential other discussions, uh, talk of loyalty or someone's word being meaningful, if you're willing to go out and hurt yourself for something you decided was important, there might be a chance that when you tell me something, you are going to back it up, or if you fuck it up, you're going to try and make it right. Yeah, we're, we're trying to identify liabilities. Yeah. And, and maybe this is just and a very tribal adventure. It's like we're just... You know, in our huge, vast society where we could travel the world, we could interact with whatever kind of people we want. We could gather as big of a group as we want if we were that charlatan-esque. Right. Instead, we're just trying to find people we can count on. And maybe that is the selfish purpose behind training other people. Because it, I do believe almost everything that we do is selfish. It, it's a value filter. It's, yeah. it, it, shut, it pushes people away. And the people that like to stay, it's either you are going to change or you're going to leave um, or you're at least going to be able to articulate something that maybe you couldn't before See, this And maybe that's my, my turn off to people that are in this industry or similar that are like, I just want to help people because you first identified that that, that false philanthropy that you have, um, it, it, it always turns to a self-serving purpose. I mean, I think like, the only way that you can accurately relate to the real world mm -hmm. is by, uh, by acknowledging that self-interest is at the heart of everything. Right. Yes. Like, like, uh, the, uh, oh man, no, I'd I, like to I, provide this oxygen for someone else. Therefore I'm not going to breathe myself. Right. Or, or never been said, I'm, you know, the homeless person on the street, I give him a dollar. And if I don't Instagram about it, it still is powerful because I just showed dominance over another human being, which I just proved that that person underneath me needs me. That provided a self, uh, a selfish act in when it comes down to it. Be behavioral economics is interesting to me and mm -hmm. completely. And it's the idea of like, now we're going to start talking about the value of feeling dominant. We're going to talk about a, a monetary, like what are you willing to trade to feel like you're better than someone? Um, and all of a sudden people's decisions start to make a lot more sense. Um, it's like, oh, you did the thing. Uh, and it was really hard. I just want to help everyone. I just want to be seen as someone who gives a lot. Therefore and is capable of helping others. And therefore people will hold me in this higher regard, which is worth the exchange to me. I will give this money away because in giving this money away, people see me as being very noble and mm -hmm. in, being seen as noble, it allows me to sleep with a big smug grin on my mm -hmm. face, knowing that I'm just better than most people, and right. that's okay. Most most philanthropy at the heart of it is actually like very classical narcissism. Well, my my sister worked tax evasion. Or <laughs> <laughs> my, my sister worked in in Africa 
uh, doing a lot of uh, aid work. And one of the things I remember her telling me is that like, we don't need another hospital. It's really easy to get money to build a hospital. Mm. It's fucking hard to build infrastructure. No one's having a concert to pave the rainforest. Uh, so that that Bono's hospital not up there that hospital his hands. can we actually need another road and a highway get <laughs> medicine like if you have to helicopter shit in yeah. every day yeah. a band-aid is not really gonna it, this is not financially responsible but if your clientele are millionaires mm. who are looking for a break right. and to feel good about themselves yeah I'll you know I'm gonna save those poor children mm -hmm. by putting a wing in this hospital they're not going to tell all their friends at a party that they helped build a highway mm -hmm. in the Congo. That doesn't give them what they want to, what they're, that would make them China. That is not, <laughs> that is not the exchange they're looking for. Right. Um, they are looking for philanthropy that comes with social, social elevation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, which is not to say it's a bad thing. No. Because it's just recognizing it that, oh, I'm going to, I have this, I'm going to support this situation. And, and be, yeah, and, and perhaps unconsciously, yes, I would really, I would like to help in some way. And, and, but I do need to recognize that the unconscious motivation must also be examined. But, but the, as well the, as the conscious and declared. The, the help for other people, though, is that whole airplane scenario where, where if you don't take the oxygen yourself and make yourself a more capable person, then it does not matter what you do that you can't help somebody else after that. And if you haven't made yourself like, more capable right. in the first place. Real yes. philanthropy starts by being the most capable fucking person well, you possibly in, can be. In, in response to the discussion my sister and I had, the, the comment was, back to the thinking response to that, was we need a better pitch. Mm -hmm. We, understanding now that this individual is out for themselves, mm -hmm. they want to give money away because they want to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, our job is to make, to s fulfill their needs and ours. And therefore, we need to be smarter about how we pitch these ideas because this person, someone's going to pitch them the idea and make, someone's going to make this person, they're going to get off. You have a million dollars, you're going to get off. Yeah. Like, someone will take that from you and tell you exactly what you want to hear. Um, we, we, walked, uh, we, we talked about walking in there with the idea of selling a skill set as opposed to a, uh, a roadmap. Hmm. Uh, the idea was just like, listen, plans are variable and changing that we don't know what's going to happen and if my plan a to start this process is working the the landscape will change because i did my job right and then i'm going to have to change my plan from there on out and therefore to sell the idea of like experience to sell the idea of like i know what i'm doing and i need you and anyone who comes in here and says this is the a b c d e f plan Two things. Either, frankly, they don't know what they're doing and they're running a Only 20% of your money <laughs> is going to yeah. go to the actual thing. Or B, they just think that you're stupid and they're going to do their own thing anyway and they just think they need to lie to you to sell it. And if that's the initiating part of this agreement, you're probably going to be in for a bumpy road. To try and figure out a way to negotiate up, to need something from someone, but not be dishonest in getting it and to try and be as useful as possible uh, without having to make that trade of being like, I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear and then I'll take their money and do the best thing with it. B, 
because that do what I think is the best thing. <laughs> You're already starting to discount mm-hmm. other opinions, which makes it really easy to not listen to the next time someone has a different idea because like, well, they, I got this money my own way and therefore I can do it my own way. And hmm. the slippery slope idea of what we do makes the changes the options for the next step. And this is a choose your own adventure where you don't get to flip backwards. And even if you did make a mistake, when you walk back to the person you may have wronged and said, hey, I fucked up, that doesn't erase the mistake. It's a different path. We don't get to go backwards. And so in, in moving forward as honestly as you can, I guess the only answer is nihilism. So. <laughs> <laughs> and... I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I do like, um, I I think in terms of like what, what this stuff is useful for. And I, a lot of it is just identifying capable people uh, and people that might not be capable now, but have potential for being capable later. And sometimes it's just exposure. Like I, I honestly think that the only reason where I'm at is just exposure to something that I might not have seen and given a different route like given just a different example of how to be, I could be 1000% different. Like I could be a purple haired five by five, given the wrong environment and the wrong exposure. Like it's just, I'm a, I'm a byproduct of my environment. And I happen to have an environment that was a little bit harsh, and, but, but showed me something that was interesting. You, you can't hear someone pointing at me. <laughs> For the I, third time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I like this one a little bit harsh. I, yeah, so, it, it, it does. And, and so like all, all of my relationships are literally a consequence of that exposure. Like, and that, that's where it gets really weird. Like I, I had a totally different friend set and, and interest and, um, that changed completely when I f- somehow saw some potential in my capability. Like I, I knew I wasn't living up to this thing and that piqued my interest and how that's changed. I mean, uh, even like, so on Monday, it sounds really weird, but I was like stretching and I popped something in my back to the point where it took me 15 minutes to stand up. Like something was extremely wrong and it might've been an SI joint. It could have been anything. I don't know why it happened. And for the next 15 minutes, my stomach just spasmed. Like, so as everything on a, on a what I think I'm pretty good at like a perception of pain, I th- would say that was a 10 for sure. Like it was unbearable. So, um, but because I have chosen the people that I've chosen to be around, no one tried to help me walk. Like no one tried to take that pain away from me. They, it was, it was then like a, it was still people trying to allow me to be capable even in my own, most incapable moment. And that, that was like, I laughed. I mean, not in the moment because I was like in <laughs> tears. But for the most part, I was appreciative of the people not wanting to do something for me. They wanted to, they wanted to make it so I could do something for myself. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron especially was like, okay, at what rate do we need to you to hobble to the car? At what position do you need to get in the car so you don't die? Like, and it was a matter of laying in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and still pretty much dying. It was just... It, Everything that I'd set in motion, my 
like entire experience after being exposed to certain things changed the relationship with how I experienced the worst moments in life and those people, how they interact with me during my worst moments in life. To help facilitate your experience with those horrible moments. Right. <laughs> I, and I look at I'm like a, extremely grateful that I don't have people that fucking... Uh, Try to shelter you. Yeah, but, like try to take my experience away from me. Like we went to the ER uh, because it was a muscle spasm problem and it wouldn't stop. So I was thinking a muscle relaxer or an anti-inflammatory. So I walked into an ER. I couldn't stand um, for longer than like 20 seconds. I had to lay down on the floor. And the the, <laughs> the lady is like, we don't have painkillers here to Aaron. And Aaron was like, he doesn't want a fucking painkiller. Like, no painkillers yeah. don't even offer one and they're mm -hmm. like oh okay so this isn't like a joke right but it was just like i didn't have to vocalize that she knows my stance on like if i'm experiencing pain i want to know what's what's causing it i don't want to numb that out mm -hmm. that is only developed from me being exposed to somebody <laughs> who has <laughs> two thumbs next to me <laughs> who who taught me the value of what pain can offer you like and that that was never explicit it was never like michael come under my wing and go on this bike ride and experience pain with me it was <laughs> it know. was hey come to this thing have a conversation and in the meantime you will experience great pain but you will see the value of it on the other side so therefore that is translated to somebody who is involved in my life every day understanding my appreciation of pain and mm -hmm. the fact my relationship with pain mm -hmm. and even in the, my worst moment they know my integrity they can say it for me that person i can rely on mm -hmm. they they are an asset to me in order to be the human that i've wanted to become they're not a liability they're not somebody like hey just inject this thing and then you'll it'll all go away that to me is like what I is like, the I like the sentence. is that an overdose is that how, <laughs> yeah, or, or how it all goes away <laughs> or, or something it, it, it was something like it, it it was just like somebody understands yeah and and yeah. the only way I was able to capture this relationship with these people that understand my sentiment towards this uh, any issue uh, is because I was exposed to doing things the hard way. Fuck, why'd you make me do things the hard way? <laughs> it was for your own oh, good. good. <laughs> I hurt, man. I hurt so bad. And my self-interest. <laughs> right. Because I need to have someone to do things the hard way for, for me when I'm not willing to do them the hard well, way myself. So thank you. I appreciate uh, <clears throat> your experience. It's, it's amazing to note the difference between asking in in a back to a gym mm -hmm. artificial context and asking someone to do something that i think is going to be bad but i have yet to experience myself <laughs> my level of sympathy towards them is so much higher if i have yet to experience it mm. if i have experienced it i get to stand there and be like that's right mm -hmm. that is what that feels like like yeah. keep going break keep that egg <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've made this omelet before. <laughs> I don't exactly. recall breaking any well, eggs. And, <laughs> and and being able to provide that to someone else, something that you have seen mm. deep worth in, uh, that in the moment you might have questioned, and to be able to offer that to someone else, like, hey, you want to learn something? Mm. Uh, you, you tell me that <laughs> you want to be a certain way, and I have have an idea of how you can get there it's the way that maybe i have had a similar experience or someone else has and to there is a a sick joy in providing that to someone else um handing them the rope 
because I th- yeah, to, to hang themselves. <laughs> I, but there's also an there's such a joy. It, it, it maybe it's sick, maybe it's uh, demented of some sorts, based off of our natural reaction to like ease the world. And th- this conversation comes up in in uh, humanitarian philosophy today that makes me fucking sick to my stomach. Is like the 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 purpose of man is to ease the suffering of everyone. And I go, man, what a fucking pathetic society that would be. Like, yes, to ease involuntary suffering. Like somebody is at the leg of um, a horrible disease and it is terminal and there is no saving them. The the humanitarian thing to do would be to ease their suffering because Mm -hmm. there is no positive benefit from putting up with such a thing. Like to end somebody's existence, that's probably the thing that we should focus on as a humanitarian. But other than that, to just ease suffering, eases any kind of philosophical insight or any kind of self-knowledge that you could garner from such a thing. I disagree with like 100% of philosophers <laughs> that, say, that say that easing suffering should be the purpose of man. Which sucks because I really like Sam Harris. Like I think he's probably one of the most eloquent intellectuals today that can speak on a number of different issues from a very good spot. But I totally disagree with his look on on what suffering is. Hmm. I I got nothing <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I because I I think it's I, it seems really hard to ease suffering. Seems a lot easier to just sort of chase it. <laughs> you don't have to go far. I mean, to ease it, you know, there's this, all this fucking complicated process and empathy and care. And Seems shit. like there's and, a lot of paperwork involved. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And if you're trying to ease someone's suffering um, and you fail, then you're legally liable and then probably civilly liable. And then Jesus then you got to talk to these other people who <laughs> you wish you could facilitate their suffering. <laughs> I can take I, other people's suffering as well. I I feel sins. like for the first time we've had a podcast that really maps how my brain works, <laughs> which is there is no organization. It's all over the place. There's some funny things that are said, and then there's some shit that I'm deeply in thought about, and I don't know how to articulate perfectly, which is like me 90% of the time. And then there's silence as two other people in the room look at you with their mouths open. Like, <laughs> there's silence and there's suffering. Yeah. yeah. I have an internal mechanism that mimics what you guys do to me, just so you know. Like, I say something in my head, and some ghost drops jaw and stares at me. <laughs> Wow, you really just put that into words. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, man, I, this is a psychedelic experience of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did buy irresponsiblydelicious.com <laughs> earlier in this episode. I don't know how it's going to be used, but it's it shall certainly be used. So, anybody who's actually pays attention to these podcasts, this is a clue alert. do you know what i'm thinking i think we're going to develop a candy that has 10 times the sugar that it should (laughs) plus caffeine plus caffeine (laughs) plus uh methadone (laughs) (laughs) you know in case you're dealing with a heroin addiction you need to slowly come off of that actually just put ibogaine in it people have some 16 hour psychedelic trip 
That'd be irresponsibly delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Just dosing people without their consent. Which is one of the, that Ibogaine is probably one of the things that interests me quite a bit. Um, I think it, because it's not fun. It's not like people do it and they, all they can say is how fucking terrible it is. It's like, one, like well, the recent thing that we tried was Syrian rue, which is a really bizarre um, it's just a seed and mm-hmm. they usually burn it as incense, but it, it in itself has a psychedelic effect, but it's known as an MAOI, like a, you'll have to correct me on this mono, uh, anamine oxidize inhibitor, which allows you to absorb DMT into your brain, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it comes from. I think they say it's from the lungs now, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we, we got, you can buy Syrian rue just online. <laughs> it's not illegal um, because it is, it's not a fun psychedelic. Like it is not a, so the potential for abuse is fairly low. <laughs> so it, it's fairly toxic. Like, so if you, if you take somewhere upwards of 20 grams, you'll be in the hospital. Um, I bought a 115 gram bag of it I, <laughs> and used and used two grams, two grams. And in a so water emulsion, there's a 113 grams of Syrian rue available <laughs> for whoever else wants to yeah. have this experience, <laughs> which will be really shitty. You won't be using it at all. And, uh, I would, I would gladly say that it's worth it. Like it's worth experiencing. I have yet to have somebody take me up on that. But <laughs> so the idea is so I'm reading about this thing. Your description of the experience was not a supercharged selling sort of moment. You might be warned I'm not a good salesman. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so we, 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 we bought this stuff because I read about it as it, it, it will exacerbate what psilocybin can do, mm-hmm. um, which means... Exacerbate or exaggerate. Yeah, probably both. Probably exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to mushrooms, you never know what you're going to get. So I have a like I'm fairly, um, I don't know how you'd say it. Uh, it takes a heavy dose of psilocybin to work. So for most people's gram, they have like this extraordinary trip. I'll take five to seven and have an okay trip. And so I heard that this will make the experience better. And so I just ordered more, it. More potent. More potent, yeah, which... Increase the potency, so decrease the cost. So really, it was an economic decision <laughs> right. with self-interest at its center. Correct. Okay. And it also has the side effect of releasing the DMT that might be in the mushroom that you take, which is also interesting <laughs> because that's a different world. So we went. I'm reading while I'm making this stuff. I'm reading um, all the forums because, again, you're not going to find you know a good article on how to take drugs so there's like all these fucking random forums of people talking about well 90 percent of them were saying do not do this <laughs> so you went answer shopping so, to yes. other forums. <laughs> no, yeah. no I, I read with great hesitation i got i started to get really nervous about this whole experience i was just like well i don't want to die and i don't want to do anything really harmful but when it came down to it i figured it isn't a good time um it is hard to facilitate because of the stomach issues that you'll have by taking this thing. They upset your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there could be a lot of vomiting involved. There could be a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of lethargy after the consequence of, of taking this stuff. So I'm reading and I go, well, as long as I won't die, I think this will be great. Like, I, I think I think this could be a really good experience. So I talk Aaron into it. That's fucking easy enough to gotta do. have a conspirator <laughs> yeah gotta have a co-conspirator that way we can like be miserable together <laughs> which is how every bike ride that i've ever done happens <laughs> and so it is exactly how it states we take two grams of this in a water emulsion 
and about an hour later we start feeling really nauseous that's when you're supposed to start taking the drug so that you can that means it's working and anyway so we take them and it becomes this very strange four-hour experience that was not fun but was completely useful like just a couple aspects that were really strange just some like learning points of like trying to understand what was happening during this trip was like that was totally worth it but yet nobody has taken up on me because I wasn't like, yeah, we, it's fun. It's like a roller coaster. It's not like a roller coaster. It's more like, um, it's more like being in an Uber with a drunk driver, being, being the tracks <laughs> of the roller coaster and just <laughs> yeah, they're driving over you, you over yeah. and over. I, I probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> Maybe that's the selling point that I'm missing. Is like I, I should probably tell people it's cool, but it's not cool. It's definitely not like a fun drug. <laughs> You're not going to go to the shopping mall and people watch while you're doing it. I don't oh. think I could get off the couch. Like okay. it, it puts you on your ass. Like what? you literally can't move and you just like you close your eyes and you go somewhere else. And then you, you have that experience where you, you know, you raise questions. It, it's, it feels weird, uh, to describe to people. I don't know why I would say this, but it feels really old. It feels like it's an old plant and it's in your system and it's making you be old. And and it makes you feel like you're in the desert. Like that that's the only <laughs> that sounds really weird. And I thought that was weird, so I didn't want to say anything until Aaron interrupted me in my in the middle of this and was like, How big are camels? And I was like, Fuck, you're in the desert too. And she's like, Yeah, kind of. And I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> Super fucking strange. But uh, hey, having people that'll suffer with you. I selected somebody who was willing to do that. And help me suffer more because the experience after is, you know, generally better as long as I don't end up in the hospital. Because your conditioning has been choose someone to suffer with and learn something. And yeah, that, that's my selective process. <laughs> and, and that's kind of that's what got I you to where you're that's at. That's kind of what I select for in friends, too. Yeah. Like uh, when when uh, Keegan first came here, I mean, he's become a very good friend very quickly because his ability to just smile and be like, yeah, let's do this shitty thing. He was when I took him for his first run, he was 290 pounds. And he, I was like, hey, we're going to do like a five mile run. And it was like, you know, don't try to keep up, but we're going to run and we'll walk when we need to that motherfucker we did a trail run mm -hmm. and he just like sucked it up and he he didn't stop for wait what day was two. this uh how long ago oh so oh, quite a while ago because he's down to 270 now so this, this well i remember there was some months. seismic event around that time <laughs> <laughs> of him running in, <laughs> the, in the wasatch front area yeah it's a, a danger of it but i've never seen somebody probably put up with what i if i could describe if I ran at that same weight, I would think it would be the most painful thing I could possibly do. And he did what, literally nonstop for two of the miles out of the five. And then <laughs> I, I, it may show a level of self-knowledge that your selective process for people in your life is willingness to hurt themselves. Mm. <laughs> That's what you need from the people around you. Ouch. <laughs> as someone as someone who enjoys being around you. Okay, okay. That's really dark. <laughs> and that's like a negative thing? Well, I know. Like, no, no, not, not I, for I mean, me. No, no, not for anybody in this room, which is like Oh, that's the that's the filtering mechanism? Apparently. Okay. I never thought about it like that, but now that I think about it, that's probably the most accurate assessment of my friendships <laughs> that anybody has ever described. How uncomfortable 
are you willing to be? Oh, well, yeah. So, like, when Chris Warden came here, it was like, I, I called him and said, hey, you have to do this ayahuasca thing because it's fucked up. And he, no questions asked. He was like, what's the date? And he flew out and did it. And he puked for a little bit of it and oh, then oh. had this. I mean, he was willing to suffer right off the get-go. To gain access. To gain, yeah, to, to, to something that to I something. experienced that he appreciated. That is fucking bizarre to me. That, that I could just be like, hey, try in my cousin, the same thing. I was like, hey, you should try this thing. He didn't ask any questions. He just did it. And only after was he like, oh, that's a super serious drug. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. And he's like, I didn't know. I've never done anything like that. And I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, can we do it again? <laughs> like, this is why I selected for you. Like that, that personality type. People are willing to do the shittiest stuff, and I appreciate those people because they'll drag me through it. Like I, we did a bike ride with Sean Kingray, another personality that I would yeah. say is willing to hurt himself way more than I am. Right. So I want to absorb that ability. Mm-hmm. And any chance to – not any chance, but the opportunity arose to – you know, to ride be around it. that. Yeah, to be around it for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And I paid dearly for those couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. That was miserable to me. And super easy to him. Like, he could have, like, bounced around and chatted the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. I felt bad because oh, I could Oh, are you talking about a recent ride? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. recent one. <laughs> I felt bad that we couldn't give that to him. Like, right. we couldn't return the favor yet. And my only hope was that, okay, if I'm getting back into this thing, he will allow me to hurt myself until I get to a point where I can hurt him, too. Right. And then he will appreciate it back. Is that? I I think that's fairly accurate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what (laughs) I'm just trying to think of what, what the thing would be that we could trick him into that would be a similar experience to what we have when we go riding with him. Stand up paddle boarding. Because he's got no upper body. <laughs> oh, he'd get sunburned as fuck, too. <laughs> get him a big canopy hat. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't how, know, something ridiculous, too. How like can I return this favor yes. to a yeah. dear friend who helped me? And the, the, <laughs> the currency is to put them underwater. Yeah. With where the they oper- held me <laughs> yes. for some hours. <laughs> well, so, and I did it to Keegan's in uh, Massachusetts right now, visiting his family. And so he only has access to a bike. And so I was like, oh, well, all I can do are bike workouts. So I'm going to do a workout and send it to him. And so th- this is where it gets good. So I sent him a 10 by 30 30 that mm-hmm. I did with a 20 minute preamble. So I did right. 20 minutes of aerobic base and then 10 by 30, 30, and then 20 minutes of aerobic base. Mm-hmm. The 10 by 30, 30 was to try to get the, uh, the low number as high as possible. Right. So I ended up with, uh, yeah. like 424 and 622 were my two, like my high was 622. It was, this is fucking wattage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. It was ungodly. And I sent it to him and I was like, I didn't say anything. I don't want to, I just want somebody to experience, you know, and I figured he would do something around the same. He sent back and said, what the fuck? And he Perfect. gave me his numbers. Yeah. 712 for his high uh, and 370 for his low. And I was like, that's probably way worse. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> you, you did something way different, even though it's the same thing. It's just it's a way worse. And it, it was just an area was like, man, that hurt really bad and is exactly what I needed. And I was like, that's why we're friends. <laughs> amazing (laughs) I need to something to do 
that will transport me away, however momentarily, from Western Massachusetts. <laughs> Is that what he asked for? <laughs> no, but when I think about when I like when I see people like talk about the the training that they've done or the right. workouts, and that's the most generous way. Usually, they're bragging about the yeah, training that no, they've exactly. done. But when they when they recommend something. They're usually recommending something that they conquered unequivocally and it wasn't that difficult. Right. Right. Like, uh, I did this workout. It was really, and they'll say it's really hard, whatever. Um, but people rarely give things that they fail at to try to get people to also experience them and succeed so they can drag me up. And I think the only, the only workouts that I recommend are to A, people that I respect their work ethic, and B, I think will beat me at something. So I will have reason to do it again and do it harder and not be so shitty at it i learned something from this Mm. i feel like is the most interesting like if you get a workout and there's just a note i learned something from this (laughs) nice (laughs) i you brought up the uh oc throwdown a few months or whatever i did that workout at your gym i remember because i did it with you Uh terribly Mm. and the interesting thing is you told me about it a week ahead of time and at that time my that was right near the edge of the ability that i could jerk mm-hmm. and so yeah you worried it, about the overhead. it was nerve-wracking yeah. and so i had spent the week calming myself <laughs> that i'm just i'm gonna do this i'm gonna learn something like failure is it's gonna happen so mm-hmm. it's fine and i no longer need to worry about performing well and therefore my goal is now to learn so no matter how bad this hurts or how bad i perform the goal is not to do well. I'm, I am not going to like do a good job on an OC throwdown workout. Uh, I'm not trying to. I'm, going, I'm trying to learn something. I'm trying to give it an honest attempt. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. <laughs> <clears throat> so, confronting a task, failure is a given. Absolutely. Yet your response is to go into it anyway, give it everything that you have because the quest is to learn something as opposed to finish something not failing so uh, or or looking bad for failing or you know comparing yourself to others or worried about anything like okay i'm gonna fail this is gonna be really fucking hard it's gonna be bad i am going to engage in this anyway in hopes that i come away with greater knowledge slash self-knowledge i forgot all about this and i remember my attitude towards it when i was telling you about it was based off of what brad had done to me during a different workout <laughs> where it was like a ridiculous like is this trickle down theory in action? <laughs> <laughs> that's, no that's getting pissed on okay no because yeah. I, I so the in the workout there was a single 475 deadlift right right in between in, in a circuit and you hit that 10 times and i was like 10 singles at my one rep max at the time. Um, I don't think like I was talking about changing the weight and he goes, why, why not con- like, why not confront what you can't do and send the signal that you should be able to lift heavier than that and more frequently, more often. And I was like, Oh, so I'll do one round. And he's like, if, if you give up, yeah. And so we like basically went through this workout and I, I, I only remember the deadlift because I stared at it for so long. Yeah. But I, you know, I got through all of it. Mm-hmm. Like I did all of it. It was way slower than what anybody else did because I was the weakest one there. Right. But then that gave me like the, the se- that, that was the lesson there was like, no, use these as lessons to see what you can and can't do, not just to 
explore masturbation at a with a barbell. Right. And so when I gave you that workout, that, that uh, I remember you saying like, "Oh, well, your first inclination was to change, to the, change weight. the weight." Yeah. And I was like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> Keep it the same. Well, it's useful. There there was a secondary moment that was terrible, which was right before we did the front squat portion, mm-hmm. I started to set up a rack. Oh. And you said, "Oh no." Part of the rule is the weight stays on the ground. <laughs> and I needed to take another 10 minutes before we started because I had spent a week getting comfortable getting with the idea of how bad this was going to be. And at the moment of, it was like, it's going to be worse. To get into the front squat, you're going to have to clean it. To get into the jerk at the end of this workout, you will have had to clean it first. And I was like, at this point, I had a 225 clean and we were doing 205 mm-hmm. for one. Yeah. And so, but the, to, to reel back to the idea of using that workout as of failure, shit performance being a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. from the end, it is a liberating aspect of nihilism in the sense of, hmm, this was one of my first discussions with my girlfriend was best case scenario, you die first. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, best case scenario, I die first. From from my perspective, the least pain is this goes on forever and it's great, and then I die. Hmm. That is that is the the best case scenario as far as my personal comfort goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a shitty outlook. So the second <laughs> thing is like, okay, this is going to hurt. Period. Like that's that's a given. Mm-hmm. So if that's if not hurting is no longer an option, then how do we measure whether or not it's worthwhile? And so it's essentially like this is going to hurt no matter what. And therefore, what I want to be able to do is to justify the cost. And so as far as a bike ride, hmm. it's going to hurt a little. It's going to be in the sun. If I like it's not going to be fun. I'm never going to do a great job. But if I learn something from it, well, now we're talking about, now there's a trade. Mm-hmm. Well, if it hurts a lot and I learn a lot, like, okay, this is, the the cost of failing is the same whether or not I hurt a little, you know, like, mm. I still am a failure. It's a direct, uh, it's a, a dose response. Yeah, and so it's like, can I be a smarter, can I fail and be smarter or am I just going to fail and be as equally as fucking stupid as I am right now? Mm. Um and so can I fail and be better because of failing? Because I'm going to fail regardless. Right. And so I might as well make it worthwhile. So you decided in your personal relationship, obviously, to forego any suffering and just retire and get a, <laughs> a recreational house on Myrtle Beach, right? Is that <laughs> and a flashlight. And a, fl- a flashlight. <laughs> Is it dark out there all the time? <laughs> Or did I miss a vowel? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> missed a vowel. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they have illuminated ones I'm at this sh- point. Uh, disco ball <laughs> or disco balls. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just got to go. I'm, I think we hit the gutter and we got to bounce. <laughs> sure. um, I don't know if there's any way back from it, but I, but what I, I was trying to write notes as quickly as you were talking. It's been, a, been, I've never been able to write fast or remember shit very well. So, um, so if not hurting is no longer an option, 
how liberated is my mind? It, I, I mean, so that's just yeah, what I came yeah, with yeah. because no. you said how liberating it or how, you know, how do I, and I'm just like, wow. Okay, it's, it's going to hurt. I still am going to do it. I'm not going to avoid it. I am free. Yeah. If, if I, uh, mm. that, you know, we're not having a discussion about freedom or fairness right, right or, now. Yeah. Right. yeah, or free will. Um, or free will. Or, free or <laughs> to, stay, to stay out of that rabbit hole. Don't go near it. Do not even look. <laughs> that rabbit hole doesn't exist. These are not the droids you're looking for. How liberated is my mind if, like, uh, the, the, you know, uh, uh, the, the sensation that I am going to experience is that foregone conclusion? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Easy. That, um, I'm going out in the wind. I'm going to continue the ride that I did yesterday, despite realizing <laughs> upon arrival <laughs> how bad it was going to be and how many fucking ATVs and cars were on that road <sighs> and how my lungs are still fucked today from mm-hmm. inhaling that dirt and... Like I came, I came back from my ride yesterday, and most of my tan washed off. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! But I just realized, like, okay, this is—it's way hotter than I thought. There is no warm-up. I like Mm. left the parking lot where I had my car onto a six percent hill, and then it went up from there. It's like mother. Oh, that was Farmington Canyon. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't do it on a weekend if, if you have the option to That's not. how I feel about American Fork Canyon. It's like, don't do it on a weekend. Otherwise, it's yeah. beautiful. It is terrible, but it's beautiful. But just, but just knowing, like, realizing, like, okay, this is going to be shitty. There will be no warm-up. It's hotter. It's dustier. This is going to be completely fucked. Can I get my... Can, okay. A, I'm free to go as far as I want. Right. right. <laughs> um, and the further I go, the... The more I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm free to go about, as far as I want, but there is no free will involved in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, our, uh, a, a, a friend that we haven't, well, I haven't personally met, Targan, yeah. um, and Mark uh, posted this thing on one of the new accounts that they've created, and it says, you can't hurt us because we hurt us or something. Yes. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fucking great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that that is, is that the liberation? Is like when you know what you're capable of doing or what you're capable of putting up with, then it's almost as like anything that anybody that tries to do something against you is ineffectual. See this yet another potential, uh, the, the discussion of criticism. If you are surrounded by people who love and care about you enough to cut you in half Mm -hmm. when it is needed outside interlopers, have nothing on the personal knowledge that my friends have attacked me with when I have made indiscretions. The shit I get teased about from my friends is meaner than anyone trying to hurt my feelings will ever even say. And it is adorable to watch someone intentionally try and offend or hurt me because just like, my girlfriend said worse than that to me this morning (laughs) to wake me up. The, what did Aaron say the other day that made me laugh? Like, um, you, you must have been behaving in a lazy manner. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron said the other day something. We were walking to the park, like with my back all fucked up, mm-hmm. and uh, I did something like I can't like oh, we we're throwing the frisbee for our dog, and I like made a noise, and she's like, "Remember that one time you were acting like a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, 
Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> Thanks <Exactly>. for reminding <laughs> me. And I was like, yeah, shut up and suffer by yourself. Like, yeah. don't don't make it uncomfortable for other people to be. That's what I took from yeah. this. Was a very long, drawn out, you know, internalized thing where I was like, yeah, don't make it miserable for her to be around me just because I'm miserable. Like, just suffer by yourself. Like, yeah, it hurts to bend over and pick something up, but don't let anybody know. And I was like, God damn it. She is, she's very sweet, but sometimes she is such an accurate fucking asshole yeah. about things. And you're like, wow, I, was, I was being dramatic. Like, I was being way too dramatic. Well, like, the... the but if misery loves company, then you're almost... <laughs> then oh. it's... Then in, in the interest of you know, providing a loving atmosphere for people around you, you should share. (laughs) (laughs) I will pay her back because she bitches about everything. Of course. But, but, well, that's how, sorry, break you. That's how, um, she accurately sees it in you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. The, the, the aspect of, of criticism is interesting because I find so many people who are, afraid or resistant to it and it's fucking uncomfortable i have asked for criticism and then immediately argued with the person that i just asked because it wasn't what i wanted to hear and it took everything i had and longer than it should have for me to shut up and listen and afterwards i get to decide if it was valuable or not i think if your first response to i would say um it has to be what would be the term for it um accurate criticism yeah um or or somebody deserving of giving criticism Mm -hmm. if your first response is uh, a statement as opposed to a question you're doing it wrong like (laughs) upon criticism your first response should be to question further into the criticism Mm -hmm. whether you want to argue it or not is irrelevant you should be looking to get more information out of the criticism Mm -hmm. uh in that that's hard to do that that my first reaction is to fucking fight everybody that criticizes anything um and that's only because I have pretty good arguments in my head for my oh. own actions. <laughs> <laughs> so that might indicate, you know, a predilection for, you know, developing the argument before actually doing the act. Right. I have well, synthesized an excuse before. <laughs> before <laughs> this, this goes back to if you, if you step away. Mm-hmm. And so the same idea of the end result of whatever endeavor I take on is it's gonna fucking fail and therefore i need a different metric Mm. uh if someone criticizes me there are two things they are right and have done me a favor Mm -hmm. in which i can now do better or they are wrong and irrelevant (laughs) (laughs) i there i have no downside in in listening to in listening to criticism like i i only have upside if i am willing to realize that I might be wrong and if I'm wrong then I have an opportunity to be right (laughs) what was the email we got an email the other day that was fucking hilarious that was like thank you guys for the podcast something and I know you guys don't like criticism so you guys are fucked up do it better (laughs) that's how the email (laughs) ended and I was like I was like I appreciate that people listen to this part of us That, that, that is true that like it is always nice to hear like we're affecting people probably in a positive manner but Eventually, that becomes worthless because I don't know what to do. When we sit down, I don't know what to do or say. The actual, I'm not trying to help people. Again, trying to help myself. And <laughs> if people learn in that meantime, then that that's great. That's a side effect, though. You know, it's like taking Viagra to help your 
exercising and then I suddenly have a four hour erection. It's like, it's, it's just a side effect of the thing that you're trying to do for yourself. Yeah. I, I don't know why that I thought of Viagra (laughs) (laughs) to be clear. I've never taken Viagra (laughs) without psilocybin. (laughs) <laughs> what would they call it? there? Is, I think that combination has a specific name. Somebody that would be more into this for longer might know. Because um, <laughs> Viagra and ecstasy is sex to see. And I think, what do they call it? I, I know there's a name for it. It would be fucked up. I would not want to do that. I, I only know of its utility for um, high altitude. <laughs> Vasodilation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. clear on its use. <laughs> I, so when I, the first time I, when I was younger, the first time I ever took mushrooms, I took, it didn't work fast enough for me. So I took Anno Explode to speed it up. Oh my word. <laughs> Let's needless to say, I did not have a good time, but <laughs> did it suddenly work too suddenly? It did. Okay. And it worked way too hard. And I was up for way too long. Cause I took it at like one in the morning. Dear. Can yeah. you not attenuate that by taking some beta alanine or some of this protein I have for sale? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a pair of shoes that went along with it as well, but we don't sell shoes here yet. We should sell shoes. We should. <laughs> what do you got? What would be a good shoe? Those old jump soles with like the little disc, like the Kramer on the Seinfeld <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Uh, why did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> it's like to develop your calves for jumping. So it has like a disc and your heel is constantly off the floor. So you like build your calf strength. You think they're called jump soles. So the disc is under the ball of the foot. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it keeps, there was, so I think in, in an old Michael Yeses book called The Kinesiology of Exercise, uh-huh. there is actually a not dissimilar pair of shoes. Um, That's probably and, jump and, soles. I, I don't know if what it was, but it looked, but it had something, um, but a higher platform sort of under the ball of the foot. So the heel was off. And if you did things with them, then something else would happen other than the thing you were doing. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I looked at those and I thought, man, that looks, that'll never catch on. And apparently that's one of the things that I said, that'll never catch on about that actually did not catch on. <laughs> but the, the variation of the, what is it? The curves or the shapes, the the workout while you walk shoes that they ended up getting sued over. Yeah. Oh, but that's the, just because they did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, they, they claimed that would do. Oh, yeah. So along with diet and exercise. So those first ones in the blue, like a high top has like a disc that you can keep your calf elevated on. Yeah, that kind of looks like what they were talking about. That's called Hoops King. Okay. <laughs> um, remind, note to self, never buy those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> but but see, I just think like you know when, when these the, the problem with all those things was was the claims that were made about them, right? And and and, and so people were being um, not punished for being product innovators; they were punished for lying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, or putting the best possible spin on yeah, you know <laughs> you have to sell the product, and right what sells better than get all than you lies want, than lies <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing exactly i just want obvious blatant lie like come in today special 999 lose five pounds yesterday and just have everybody comes with a free cougar 
Poster <laughs> named Karen. <laughs> oh, not that kind of cougar. <laughs> yes, that kind of cougar. <laughs> named Karen. <laughs> She's a little toothy. And to make everything seem very dialectic, Karen was a a, a premier star on Housewives of Atlanta. Okay. Oh, and, and the circle's closed. <laughs> we have now had a real story format where we just like to enclose this thing because i i'm brain dead i still don't have my answer about the best rest period (laughs) for five by fives exactly because i i just forever and it doesn't matter um the eternal rest is the best the rest eternal period for rest five period. By five. The eternal rest period. So I don't, what you're saying is I just don't ever do the five by fives. <laughs> then I don't have any un- unanswered questions in my life. Cause that was the last one Yeah, right there. What's the best rest period for five? Oh. five. Do you think people ask those kinds, like on a serious note, do you think people ask those? I've never found myself asking those kinds of questions. Like, okay. No matter, no matter what I'm trying to find out, like about, let's say, Olympic weightlifting or back squatting or something specific to fitness, I've never really asked the question, like, what is the best? What is, like, that framing? Because it's a, like, in my head, I go, that's, that's a generic answer. And that's not, I'm never looking for a generic answer. Uh, so, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, all mm. this other stuff. The idea of their learning is uh, a skill set. Being a good student is a job in and of itself. And once you learn how to be a good student, mm. it, you don't have to learn that again for a different task. Mm. Uh, <laughs> style is everything. Uh, Mark uh, explained this to me. I think when we, we first started, <laughs> this is because um, I, I had not done any fitness train like i was uneducated 100 percent uneducated i was self-taught i listened to a lot of things i read a lot of books somehow i started asking you know maybe i had nothing better to say but i was like should i go to school like should i go to college should i get a physiology degree Mm -hmm. like what what is the the next step and mark's only response was like do you know how to learn and i said yes and he goes then you don't need to go to school like you are in school (laughs) i was like Every fucking day. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that made it. Uh, that's the only time I've asked about an education, well, like about and and if you you can learn a lot of things without learning how to be a good student. Yeah, you show up, someone gives you the thing, they <laughs> give you. You don't have to ask questions because you're provided with the answer, and then backfilled the question, and then the, you get the scantron, and you hit mm. the right buttons, and you get certified because you got a seventy on the test, which means that you're now a certified personal trainer and you just owe them a hundred or four hundred or whatever dollars a year. Whichever organization you chose. Whichever organization you chose. Buy your certification from. Yeah. And and you never had to learn how to become a student. After you've learned how to become a student, you understand how to walk into a room and not how to ingratiate yourself to a teacher and how to not be a burden on your surroundings. Hmm. Back to just simple awareness you had mentioned it before about in jujitsu not asking the black belt how to tie your belt (laughs) you ask the guy who is struggling and he does it three times and he gets it on the last one you're like hey how did you do you're on my level right right right. (laughs) help me tie my belt and he's like oh sweet i can be useful 
because I just learned this skill and this person needs me. Uh, yeah, uh, like uh, well, one I haven't been um, for the last two weeks just because of injuries, hatchet in the hand and yeah. back and yeah. neck issues. But um, I think one of the best I was being very careful because I'm getting a lot of neck injuries. Yeah, because I'm rolling with a lot of white belts. Yeah, and I think um, a guy had watched me for the past couple months. Mm-hmm. He's a purple belt. Um, he saw that I was like kind of avoiding people and he mm-hmm. came up to me. He's like, Hey, do you want to roll? And I was like, I'm avoiding this. He's like, I know I can tell you're injured. He's like, I've watched you. And he's like, you know what you're doing? I, I like, I'll take care of you if you take care of me. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, I had, okay. I, when I started doing jujitsu, I was, wa- I, I was lucky enough to go into a school where I had trained many of the people. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of higher level people being willing to take me on as a student. Yeah. And also eager to choke me. Um, <laughs> the lessons are plentiful. <laughs> oh yes, but but someone who understood, like, hey, there are people who are here for different reasons. Mm-hmm. There are people here because they're frustrated at home and want to blow off some steam. Those mm-hmm. are the people who we're going to help you avoid early. Yeah, um, and we're going to work with some people who want to understand more. Uh, there I, are people who are being strangled in life and they're trying to strangle other people in <laughs> this life in order to make up for their inability in their yeah. actual life. Yeah. yeah. And there are people here to learn. Yeah. And so luckily Cause in real life, they keep tapping and they keep getting <laughs> fucking choked. <laughs> and, and I can't make this stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in, in that opportunity of, being a student, but also being recognized as someone who asks good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this can get down a lot of more rabbit holes, but you you offer yourself as a useful student that makes the teacher feel better, feel like their time is being mm-hmm. well spent. And now the teacher wants to spend more time with you. What's the it, best rest period between <laughs> rounds? Uh, get the fuck out of my gym <laughs> is the best rest period because I am exhausted and this is a hard thing to do and like I got bills coming and you're going to waste my goddamn time on something that you're not even going to listen to mm-hmm. and you have no self-awareness and it's easy to piss off a teacher, especially on the wrong day. Yeah. Um, and that a minute and seven seconds. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how long it takes you to get the fuck out of my <laughs> <laughs> to get your shoes on, which you got my floor muddy with earlier, <laughs> and to get the fuck out of my gym. Well, and and so in in being an observant student mm-hmm. and in having learned how to be a student, it makes it a lot easier to not ask those questions, and it's hard. When something is obvious to us for long enough, we forget that it was something we had to learn in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, it's really hard sometimes to be patient with someone who, as an adult, is making a mistake that you were chastised for as a child. The mm. thing that I tell more people about my f- growing up is the first time I remember being five years old and walking in on my mom doing the dishes and telling her that, Mom, everyone in the world is being mean to me today. And she did not turn around. She kept doing dishes and said, if everyone in the world is being mean to you, you're probably doing something to piss them off. <laughs> I remember that story. That's so fucking good. I, I, yeah, there's a similar one that's like, here, try this. Yeah, if you, if no. you leave your house and you, you meet you, somebody and they're an, an asshole, asshole and then an in the asshole. afternoon there's another asshole and then at night there's a, you're probably, probably the, the asshole. asshole. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and that well, because rec- wherever I go, I meet myself. Well, <laughs> what... that, that recognition early on that my actions will determine how people react to me. That I have the one thing I can control, absent or dis- a whole discussion on free will, <laughs> <Yes>. is how <laughs> I present myself and how I act towards people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot dictate their response to me. I can influence it. And the thing I can use to influence it is my own behavior. Yeah, I, on the on the question asking and the beginner and the, the whole learning thing, I find it, it's actually, if you are really learning something, it is very hard to articulate a proper question. Yes. Like in most instances, I don't even know what to fucking ask. Therefore, I just know I've got, like, I've got a million questions. I don't know how to form the question. Therefore, they're just going to stay to the side and I'm going to nod along until I can get the semblance well, of some kind of thing that I can learn. The the aspect of a, a beginner student being like, I need to soak in this for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when one of the first things, if someone wants to learn... Without actually asking a yes. question because the answer, whatever, the, if my exposure has been relatively limited, then the answer I get will not be... I can't apply it anyway. Exactly. So, so be quiet, observe. The, this, this happens all the time with my cousin who's... Every once in a while, he'll teach me some math stuff. So he'll come over last night, and he was explaining amicable numbers. And I was like, okay, I think I got it. Uh-huh. Right? Is uh, Amicable is like uh, the number 220, the components into that. Um, if you add them up, are equal to 284. And if you add up the components into 284, they're equal to 220. So it's considered an amicable number. It's different from a friendly number and before he so to be fair i don't know what a friendly number is but i had to stop him because i didn't know how to fuck i'm like i know nothing beyond like you just explained something i'm blown away by it don't confuse me yeah like i'm to be a good student i had to tell him to shut up because now i have to go read about amicable numbers which is now on my Wikipedia reading list. I've worked with a few people to help train them to feel comfortable taking on clients of their own. Mm -hmm. And the first step in that generally is after someone has provided enough interest, it's hang out. Mm. Pay attention. And And by shadowing me, I don't mean being on Instagram. I mean... I mean... That's creeping. That's creeping. And the idea is... to, to get to shadow someone, I've had the pleasure of shadowing a few people who worked, and it's just like I'm going to stand here and watch you mm. for a day, just, and I'm going to try not to interrupt, <laughs> and then I'm going to take notes, and then I'm going to ask some questions, and then eventually, when I know when asking a question is not going to be an interference, mm-hmm. I'm going to start whispering questions, like, like oh, "Why'd you do that?" Like, <laughs> and then back away, and then, and then back, back away, away. Yeah. yeah, and just like, uh, "Can you tell me why you did that?" And the first step is understanding when I am going to not break the system by speaking up. Mm-hmm. And even just knowing enough to know to shut up and watch was something I had to learn by being like, hey, what are you doing? And just be like, nothing now. I'm dealing with your <laughs> dumbass. Like, I was doing I something. I was doing something, yeah. and now I'm trying to keep you from making my life any harder. <laughs> Training people at the restaurant was an aspect where it, okay, it's, I'm going to train someone. I deserve more money because for the first week, it's going to be twice as much work Mm. to try and like bring this person up to speed. Now it was backended by the second week. They did all the work and I stood there and watched them and went, "Mm -hmm." so, you know, I got a week vacation out of it at the end. But the idea was 
the first time, the first shift they worked, they didn't work. They stood behind me like, watch what I do. Mm-hmm. I will try whenever I can to talk my way through my decisions. Mm-hmm. The second day, they're allowed to ask questions. Uh, then questions go on, and then slowly they take more and more work. And then eventually I get to stand behind them and ask them questions. Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> was that the best idea? Which is passiveaggressiveteacher.com. <laughs> well, oh, you is, decided is it my to turn, wear is that it, Is it my turn to point uh, about where I may have learned mm. some things from? So you like that better than cooking, huh? <laughs> which is actually just a variation on the most passive-aggressive comment I've ever heard, which came from the mouth of Kevin Doyle, a.k.a. Wally. Somebody, I don't know, band somewhere in between songs. <laughs> So you like that better than singing, huh? Ooh. Ouch. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of <laughs> passive-aggressive coaching. Uh, no, it's... Uh, can be extremely effective to the right individual. Uh, right. Well, again, I mean, we mentioned it Fun earlier. Fun shit for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the individual who has a, a genetic predisposition for shame. The right tool is the right tool for the job. <laughs> There are people who respond better to shame mm-hmm. than to yes. uh, aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people, people respond to whatever. If you decide to take the role of a teacher, I feel like you are deciding that I am going to be a filter process and I'm going to try and shorten, in a way, uh, the path for this person. And so I'm going to try and apply the right tool at the right time in order to get the response that is necessary to move this person to the next thing. Uh, That's an interesting, the the shortened path thing um, is kind of a, (laughs) it's arbitrary first of all, like to to talk about the shortened path, and I'm not saying that you're saying to shortcut it, Um, but somebody somebody kind of asked me the other day while I was trying to exercise at the other gym and they interrupted. So I might as well have this conversation now. Um, they were with a student of theirs uh, who they explained was very young, but promising. And they were asked, you know, they were kind of giving me the, the overarching view of their training program and their hopeful interaction with the student of theirs. And they were, for some reason, I got the sensation, I could be wrong, that they were shopping for an answer from me to make their student feel good about an answer that they gave them. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Um, Third-party edification. I didn't supply that exactly. You really, Shocker. You disappointed someone in public. <laughs> <laughs> I was already disappointed in myself in public, so I wanted to exchange. I wanted to Share. pass that on yeah. to, to my yeah. friend. Um, and... Uh, it was kind of a weird, it was just a weird interaction in which case they were looking for the answer of what is the best way to train. It was again, it's the best. Yeah. And I, and they said like, oh, you know, we're not having them do Olympic weightlifting style because, you know, uh, the time to learn it and, and the danger involved. And my real answer was like, actually, like they are less dangerous than other things given the the time domain that they happen under. They either happen or they don't happen. Right. Um, and to 
although it happens where you drop a barbell on your neck or something like I just have a picture of, um, that does happen, but it's fairly um, benign when it makes impact because you're already moving as opposed to, you know, the, the standard lifts that you'll use to somebody because they're dumb movements to teach a deadlift, a squat, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. The, the time under tension there is very dangerous for people like that have a tendency to uh, over contract muscle fibers right. or do all these other things. So I explained to him like, look, there's, if we name out all the standard strength lifts, like uh, push press, front squat, back squat, overhead squat, um, jerk, uh, plank, but like all these poles, different mm-hmm. kind of, I'm like, I could get rid of all of those and get most of the benefit from the lifts by just snatching and clean and jerking, even just <laughs> snatching in some mm-hmm. cases. Not that they're the same. They're not one for one, but uh, the only difference is taking the time to learn them so that it can express in that movement enough uh, potential to get a strength expression from. So I'm like, if you just took the time to learn it properly, I would actually argue that you could ditch all that other shit and not waste your time. And then you have an explosive and a strength movement, like as long as you're fast enough. And then if you're, you know, you also see the potential of the student that you're teaching. Like if I tell somebody, hey, I want you to learn this because it'll be useful in the future and it takes them longer. Like if they can't make the movement meaningful within three months, that's a bad student. In which case, I identified something that takes longer to learn with the other lifts. So I tried to explain this in the fact that like I would do it just to see if he's a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like if he can't learn, he can't learn. And I don't even care about the lift at that moment. I care about like using it as a, a tool that's very useful in identifying people who are terrible at moving. So this fella came to you <laughs> to try to, to ask you to reinforce his position and his program in front of his client. Yes. And you did the opposite. <laughs> you taught him a fine lesson in shopping for answers. <laughs> well, in vetting. Yeah. In vetting. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, yes. What are they, uh, uh, attorneys, like don't ask someone a question that you don't know the answer to. So I probably would have, yes. <laughs> I probably, if he would have brought me a coffee when I was stretching at the end of a workout or something, I probably would have had a different answer, <laughs> but, but he interrupted something that I really needed to do. And I only had uh, I think a half an hour before I had to be to Selena. So I, I was, <laughs> yeah. and he took literally 15 minutes of my day away. So I repaid him with hopefully hours of pain. <laughs> That's you, frustration. Wait, you were going to get what you needed out of that equation. Yeah. And I'm not saying I gave like, it's arbitrary anyway. There's no answer to this. There, there is no right or wrong answer to what you're doing. Like, I can get athletes to snatch and clean a jerk in a very short amount of time as long as the athlete is up to the task. Right. And that that's the answer to the equation. <laughs> what should you teach them? What they're capable in learning? Would you just repeat that? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> What yeah. sh- what should you teach them what they are capable of in learning? Should we end it there? And that's all, folks. <laughs> we are done for the day. <laughs> because you can only teach, uh, well, it's only beneficial to teach what they can actually um, assimilate and learn. Indeed. All else, thing, all else decoration. <laughs>